Psychology in Seattle. Hey, podcast listeners. It's number seven of the Dungeons and Dragons therapy session demonstration. Woo-hoo! Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. I know a lot of you are waiting on pins and needles. Is that the right phrase? On swords and helmets. <laughs> for the next installment of the story of Shush, Grolo, and Thrain. So let's just get into it. We have some announcements that we'll get to about halfway through, but I thought we'd just launch right into the adventuring. What do you, what do you say, Adam? Yeah, let's do, some, let's, launch. Let's, let's do some Dungeons and Dragons. Cool. That sounds great. Um, well, true to how we uh, always try to start our games, I want to start with a, a bit of a checking question for oh, you and for your characters. Sorry, sorry. What is this again? This is the Psychology in Seattle podcast. I'm your host, <laughs> Dr. Kirk Honda. <laughs> I'm a therapist and a professor, and I play Thrain Orkshorn, a mountain dwarf cleric of, of Moradin. Berto, who are you? My name is Grolo the Cruel. Well, I suppose I'm Umberto Castaneda, who plays Grolo the Cruel, and he's a half-orc with a lot of brains and a little bit of brawn, or maybe the other way around, one of the two. <laughs> so by, like, session 12, you're going to be like, my name's Grolo, and I play a character called Umberto. <laughs> I sometimes play a character, yeah. Out in the real world. <laughs> Adams, who are you? Uh, I am Adam Davis, and I'm playing the character Shoosh, the tiefling bard. And I'm Adam Johns, and uh, along with Adam Davis, we are the executive directors for Game to Grow. And I am the dungeon master for this wonderful group of aspiring heroes. Yes. Nice. I'm going to try to, you I'm try to keep us aspiring. <laughs> aspiring. What are we, vacuum you're, cleaners? You're pretty well heroes <laughs> at this point, I think. You've, you've established yourselves as heroes. We're trying. <laughs> I trying mean, if really we die this, this, we were definitely aspiring. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. We That's what it'll expiring. say on your character's gravestones. <laughs> yeah. Um, so um, I want to I want to ask a checking question. I want to know a little bit more. As always, we want to share a little bit about yourself and a little bit about your character, so we can continue to get to know your character better and better and better. Um, so for our check-in question today, um, my question for you is: What skill do you admire, but you've never had the motivation or the time or maybe the talent in order to get better at it yet? You could still do so, uh, but yet you have not had the. Uh, thanks the for putting that yet in yeah. there. I, I, have, I have so much faith in all of you that whatever whatever you put uh, your mind to, I was going to feel bad about. You can accomplish your say, dreams, but no longer. And of course, I want to know that as your character, I want you to answer that same question, but as your character, meaning in your character voice. So, as a my not character, uh, first of all, generally just mornings. <laughs> Just mornings just, is a skill. Just that hand, handling I, I being awake in the morning? Yeah, I'm just a night person generally. And so mornings are, uh, you know, I have these dreams of waking up extra early and getting a head start. And by the time 6 a.m. rolls around, I've already done the full SEAL Navy training. And <laughs> but uh, in reality, it's more like you know, disaster is looming at around 10 a.m. already. Um, but I also would love to be able to write in the morning. Uh, or maybe even at night, but like very regularly. So I've been doing that lately, and uh, I'm learning a lot in trying to do it. And it's a skill that I want to have is writing, especially if I could write and have mornings. <laughs> you could write in the morning. I could write. That's yeah. That's that's maybe the trick. <laughs> and then Grolo would love. I I want to learn how to cook better, because so I know how to fish and hunt. And then I. 
can certainly eat raw, which is actually really delicious. But um, I, I kind of want to cook better. Grolo's a big Grolo. You're a big fan of of like the raw food movement. Oh yeah, Grolo's tummy is happy with raw food. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, is that so that you could learn how to make lee pies? Well, I, I recently met someone that is uh, an amazing cook, and it kind of has inspired me. It's, it's a skill I would love to learn. Awesome. Uh, that's perfect. Um, who wants to go next? I'll go. Uh, uh, maybe cooking actually would be something I'm pretty pretty bad at cooking. I've tried to – I like last summer we have a gas grill outside, and so I decided I would try to become like that grill guy, you know? Mm-hmm. And – I watched a bunch of YouTube videos on how to make a hamburger on the grill, and it's more, <laughs> it's more complicated than it, than it looks. And the first batch went okay. The second batch was Not okay. horrible. Like, you know, you cut into it. It's like all raw on the inside. Oh, and no. all my high school friends are mocking me. And, you know, <laughs> and, um, is this yeah. a real thing that happened, or is this just no, the, that's your, real. your image of um, the no, situation? That's real. And, everything. and then I never <laughs> did it again, by the way. <laughs> they stuff you in the locker. <laughs> so I wish, uh, I wish, I, no, no, you know, they were, well, actually, they're grade school friends. Oh, wow. But anyway, um, and then Thrain, um, I don't really have a voice for Thrain, right? <laughs> so I would say that. I would like to know more about family life because I have lived a pious life in the church for many decades and I saw families come in and I saw families grow old in the, in the small town and I've never thought that I was capable or worthy or set up in life that it would make any sense. But as I grow into middle age, it's perhaps a skill that I would like to have. Uh, Thrain, when you say family life, you don't mean like spending time with your father or, or no. That I mean, family. you mean you mean starting like, your own, like starting starting your own my family. own family, wow. little little teeny, yeah. rainies. like what it, what it is to be a dad, or, yeah, or uh, what it is to to have a wife, yeah, those, those kinds of experiences, hmm. yeah, very yeah. cool. I actually have a lot of sympathy with you about cooking because I like to cook now. I feel like I'm pretty good at it. But I definitely had a, you, your story of that uh, hamburger reminded me of a time that I cooked Thanksgiving turkey Uh-oh. for an ex-girlfriend's whole family. Oh. And I like set it out and I started to cut into the turkey and it just bled. It was like oh, clearly raw. No. Um, and I was like, all right, well, enjoy the green beans. I'm going to put this back in the oven oh. in another hour or so. We'll have Thanksgiving. Oh, Everything yeah. else is hot, but <laughs> go ahead. Uh, so I, I totally feel oh. that. And I never did it again. I've never right. not cooked a turkey since then. That was like seven or eight years ago. Um, but you could have learned from that. I could have, but instead, I, instead you just I burned <laughs> that turkey so that it was not going to make any of my uh, oh, uh, girlfriend's man. family sick. That was That's, it. That's smart. Oh, That's you smart. burned it. I mean, I had to. There was no other choice at that point because they were all going to be like, is it done yet? Is it done yet? Is it done yet? Right. So, so it's better for them to say, this is a little burned. But and it's for them not to be all in the hospital. Gonna give anybody, like, yeah. God damn you. <laughs> well, <laughs> turkey is weird because you never cook it aside from one day a year. <laughs> yeah. And it's yeah. probably one of the most complicated yeah. things because it's so big and thick, right? right. <laughs> and it's it's not like meat where you could kind of get away with it being undercooked. It's no. like you oh, have to. Oh, piece of salmon. You know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's not like a um, my preferred temperature turkey. Like my preferred temperature is uh, salmonella, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> um, like turkey farmers have to 
like that's their that's their day. Like if you're a turkey farmer, oh, yeah. it's <laughs> that's, a big day. That's your big your big money roll. And <laughs> if you're a turkey <laughs> man, that is a black yeah. week. That's a tough. Yeah. That's a tough yeah. time. You make it through that week, you're golden. <laughs> when you're like the skinny turkey that didn't make the cut, and you look around, it's like, what the hell happened to everyone? Where did everyone go? Where did everybody go? Yeah, Man, this is chosen weird. last again. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm never chosen. <laughs> anyway, um, the skill that I would, I really admire people who are like super organized. Super organized. Mm. I am an idea person. I have like lots of good ideas, and then I really admire people who are like. Uh, who have to-do lists mm. and they have their calendars and they live in their to-do lists and their calendars and that's like something that I totally have the capacity to do. It's <laughs> just uh, I haven't gotten there yet. It's like Kirk. Honda has tons of to-do lists. And I do. Calendars. Yeah, you, maybe you should teach me how to like be better with to-do lists because I have, I have lots of to-do lists. I just don't live in them the way that people, organized people right. live in their to-do lists. Mm-hmm. Shush, I think, admires uh, people who are like committed to something. I think Shush like really admires people who have like mm. honestly Thrain probably is a good example of this because Thrain has like lived a pious life in the church and Shush has always like wanted to I don't know wander a little bit and not be committed and like why do I need a house why can't yeah. I just live in this tent by the river where the the, the bubbling brook makes a beautiful sound and not like committed right. to a, a dedicated himself to a, a greater good so he may have silently started admiring Thrain yeah like. Maybe is he? Do you think he's fully self-aware of what that is, or it's more like I really respect something? I think he really wants to be part of the team. I think Shush like really wants to be part of the team, Uh, but I don't know if he would be as as fully aware of the fact that it's like I see this is like a like the family maybe something bigger. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, I think for me the uh, the thing that I I always wish that I could learn actually is is um, a little bit more tech skills, especially programming. I think it would be so useful to be able to write a program. I'll teach to, you program to do something in my in my life. I'll teach you programming. Yeah, would you teach yeah. me programming? I think that would be really cool. You guys should trade skills. What are you going to teach? Yeah, what are you going to teach me? Um, I could play piano. I can play piano too. Um, keep going, could, keep going. It's got to uh, be something. What other skills? <laughs> I'm not good at anything. I can teach you how to be a dungeon. Do master. you cook? Um, actually, I thought you cooked. Actually, you were I'm saying, a, oh, I make this great such and such. Adam makes a mean ceviche. I do make really Dude, good ceviche. Dude, teach me how to cook. I'll teach you how to program. Sure. Yeah, yeah. There we go. That sounds great. We'll, we'll do a little Skillshare. Can, can Kirk and I eat the food you all cook and, and yeah. you can, enjoy your luxurious <laughs> program? Um, and then I guess I'll answer for Nicholas. Um, Nicholas – oh, I should do the, I should do the voice. Um, uh, I guess if I had, if I had to – Find a find a skill that I thought was was really good, something that I really wanted to do. It would probably be juggling. I never mm. really learned to juggle, and like I, I have a lot of friends who who got pretty good at juggling. And I thought oh. think that would be really cool. I well, could teach you. Oh right, you know how to juggle? Oh, I, Shush, I bet you Shush knows how to. I do. Oh, I've yeah, seen I've seen be, him juggle. He's that crazy, would be wicked, awesome. Like I tried to juggle and I almost killed Shush, but I've seen him juggle. It's really good. I'm pretty good. Um, could you do that thing where you like uh, where you have like rings or whatever, and like not just balls, but like rings or or like uh, oh, can you juggle like a, f- a fiery things and stuff? Yes. <laughs> oh. Don't do it around me, though. <laughs> yeah, that's what I really want to learn. Perfect. <laughs> well, let's practice. So I gotta say, uh, I'm sorry to slightly derail this for a second, but uh, I am extremely upset about the about this preview I saw for the next Star Wars and I just want to be on the record <laughs> as saying that I don't care what the explanation is there should not have been a laugh at the end of that pre- pre- uh, preview I don't care 
I won't listen. I won't like it. Nope, sir. I don't like it. What if it's just part of the soundtrack? It's even worse. Like, it's just like, That's a, even it's like a remixy cheap, thing. They're cheap just pandering. It. <laughs> it's worse. I hate it. It's Heroes Season 20. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thank you for this I'm, public service. Event. I could see it being horrible, but I'm reserving judgment. <laughs> I haven't watched Oh, sorry. Spoiler alert. They ruined my life. <laughs> uh, who would like to? Kirk, would you like to do our recap? You're often often the one doing our recap. Sure. Since it's been a while, I actually kind of took some notes. Oh, good idea. I made a to-do list, if Gee. you will. <laughs> what I tell you? So various different things happened that led us to Pahiha, <laughs> because we're investigating this Groomsh orc um, conspiracy, shall we say, uprising. And for those out there in podcast land, you have two gods, Moradin, who is the dwarf god, and Groomsh, who is the orc god, and they're, they always have hated each other. And the dwarf god is good, and the orc god is pure evil. And so we went investigating why everyone has been worshipping Groomsh in this town of Piha, which is totally bizarre, because no city out in the open in our world would worship the orc god only orcs out in the wastelands worship Grumsh. Uh, it'd be like the entire city of New York becoming satanic and <laughs> like every Catholic switches to Satan and every Protestant cha- changes to Satan. It'd be a pretty cool like uh, holiday. Yeah. <laughs> like right? New York holiday. <laughs> um, it would be interesting. I don't know if it'd be cool. <laughs> I think they made a movie about that called The Purge. Right? <laughs> Uh, the king has been persuaded by a archaeologist by the name of Lord Blancmere, who wears the Watcher's Eye necklace, which is a. Berto just dropped all this <laughs> stuff. Oops! You know, I actually have a rule Perfect that if you 20. drop if you drop your dice, you automatically miss. Oh, no. uh, yeah. so you just missed like ten you just things, missed, like all your because he dropped all of his dice. Uh, so the Watcher's Eye is the ancient banner of orc solidarity, if I remember correctly. Now we now the Adam told us about a flashback that our characters don't know about, <laughs> which is that a while many years ago, Groomsh took over Lord Blancmere's body, and has is living inside of Lord Blancmere's body and is using it to engineer this town of Pihiha to worship him and sacrifice to him, so that he can come back and lay waste to everybody and reemerge on the planet on the material plane. Uh, because he's always wanted to come and rule over the pesky little humans. Uh, and so we just discovered a secret um, sacrifice ceremony in which Skye, the orc, was that her name, Skye? Skye sounds uh, familiar. Yeah. Okay. She was the one in the, in the interrogation room. Uh, oh, that was Skye. Yeah. What was the name of the of the orc that we saved? Uh, you don't know that yet. Oh, we oh don't... The, the the one that you saved. The yeah, one the, the... the one that Berto likes. Oh, uh, uh, oh, uh, that's Cruddy. That was Cruddy, Cruddy right? Yeah. I have little hearts right here. <laughs> so Cruddy and someone else were about to be sacrificed, and we broke up the uh, ceremony in in this battle with all these priests, and there was a head orc. And we almost died, or I almost died, I should say. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's where we left off. So we were in front of one of the main temples to Groomsh in the town of Pahiha. It was a cinematic battle. Yeah. 
Um, and I believe at the very end of that cinematic battle, you finally defeated the sort of, I guess, head ritual person. And when in defeating them, he was in the middle of, of basically holding Cruddy hostage. Mm. And uh, Grolo, you split his head in half with your yes, with your beautiful mall strike, and then ran up and caught Cruddy. That's right. Uh, and then Cruddy said something to you. Do you remember what Cruddy said to you? She said something snarky. I, I didn't write it down. <laughs> she said she said to you, "Your breath smells like burnt lead pies." <laughs> right. Um, and so <laughs> so romantic. It's so so romantic. So in this moment, you're sort of like you know standing what? there. Didn't I say? I know. <laughs> oh, that's right. You, you, whether or not you, you said that before, you did now. You did, I did now. I know. You Han Soloed her. Uh, and so as you're standing there holding her, there's this long, sort of long pause. She says that to you, and you're still sort of standing there holding her. And all the bad guys now are defeated. Uh, and then you hear uh, Nicholas sort of groan uh, from his injuries. And then... Cruddy, who's who's sort of staring into your eyes in this in this long pause moment, uh, says, "Well, are you are you gonna help me up?" <laughs> uh, 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 sorry, yes, of course. Uh, and you're, you're gonna are you gonna untie me? Uh, yeah, I'm untying you as we That's, speak. That hurts. Don't do uh, it that way. Here, does anyone have <laughs> something sharp that we could cut our uh, ropes with? I've got this dagger. <laughs> All right, here, give me a hand. <laughs> you cut through you cut through her ropes and she kind of rubs her wrists uh and she says well what took you so long well i mean we were we were looking for you actually and uh well the you know i i, I stopped because you had the leap pies were burnt and so i was uh you burned, but we were, those were my leap pies well i i didn't burn them they were in the thing because you were cooking and I was, he's quite a good cook actually I'm I'm learning. It's it's you know it's a thing I want to get better at. Then then you will cook for me. Oh, that's great. Good. Yes, I mean yes. You will cook for me tomorrow. I would really appreciate. Tomorrow morning you will make me breakfast. Uh, how early? How early in the morning? You will in in the morning when I wake. Very well. Good. Uh, shush. Make sure to wake me up <laughs> early in the morning. <laughs> It might be an invitation for pre-morning activities. I was assuming she was inviting you over tonight. Oh. Um, and she kind of has her arms crossed, and she looks, like, upset with you somehow. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I, I, I will I will be over as soon as you need me. Um, yes, you will. Good answer. Uh, and and she, she sort of looks looks back and forth between all of you, and then she goes, Well. Well, what? You're just going to stand here? You're not going to open the door for me? Uh, uh, I, I'll open the door, of course. Good. I would like to get back to my stand and pack everything up before it's all stolen. Thank you for watching it. Is this door uh, barred in any way, or is this door... Um, it, it, it's it's uh, locked, but it's easy to unlock right. from this side. Do I really unlock it? I probably just, like... <laughs> you just, just bust the, the lock open. <laughs> That's perfectly fine. Actually, as you open the door, the sound from outside of the, the courtyard comes flooding in. Mm. You can hear the many bands right. and people talking that otherwise you couldn't hear before. Uh, opening the door appears, breaks the silence spell. Oh, uh, we that, might still be able to uh, play. Uh, uh, I don't know, Shush, if you still want to live your dream. Um, Shush kind of looks over at... Uh, um, our other wounded companion who we <laughs> He's kind of like holding... Um, I can't remember where... Does anybody remember where he got stabbed? I didn't listen to that part. I don't remember. Well, didn't he come from behind? And I thought he, it was from behind. He like stabbed him and then he was going to cut his neck. 
Um, so he's he's kind of holding the, the he's like reaching behind him to hold his back and and kind of take care of his wounds as best right. he can. Um, and I think Thrain is, healed is hard him a to bit. Do. So he, yeah, I think Thrain did yeah. a little bit of healing. If if you uh, aren't aren't already now. Yeah, I, I can heal him up the rest of the way. We're all pretty hurt too. Like I'm at 21. I think Thrain, you were really hurt, and then you like barely heal yourself or something. Um, I managed to get back up to 19. Oh, okay. Um, you can see Cruddy sort of looks around at the big mess that is all of these uh, dead cultists that mm-hmm. you have left here, and she sort of nods to herself, and then she pulls out a piece of paper, and she writes down something on the piece of paper, and she hands it to you, Grolo. Uh, and she says, come and find me after you're done cleaning all of this up. Uh, I, I will definitely read this. Good. Read it. It's, uh, it is my address. You will come and find me. Absolutely. Good. Uh, and she leaves, and, and she says, uh, uh, enjoy the, the, the cleaning up of all the dead bodies. Uh, all right. Bye, Cruddy. Uh, and she sort of storms out. The, meanwhile, the elf uh, who is there, who, who was who was sort of watching all of this, who was also also being sacrificed, but who really has not said much of anything, sort of is oh, the looking, other guy who was tied up. Yeah, he's also tied up, yeah. uh, and he's he's sort of looking at everybody, and he's like, "Any, any chance you could uh, tie, uh, untie?" I untie him and <laughs> cut it and let him. Up, and then I him. ask him, "Don't you think Cruddy is very sweet?" Uh, he his face goes red, <laughs> and he's looking at you, and then he looks back at Cruddy, who has who has stormed out of the front the front gate at this point, and he says, "Yes, a very a, a wonderful a be- beautiful woman, very sweet indeed, very sweet. Uh, Thrain, sweet can as, you help me? Sweet uh, as candy. Yeah, shut up. I'm I'm done with you. Uh, <laughs> Thrain, can you uh, help me decipher this thing that okay. you gave me? So I read it. I hand him the paper. It's a uh, it's an address." Um, along with a little tiny drawing of a Lepi. Oh. It's an invitation for Lepi's tonight, I believe. Mm, no, she said in the morning. I think she was hinting that she wants to perhaps have a chat before this oh. evening. Oh, I think I know your meaning. I get hungry at night, too. Yes. <laughs> Um, so I, can't, I can't wait to see where this goes. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be great. Uh, I need everybody to roll me investigation checks. And girl, I'm gonna have you roll yours with disadvantage. Five. Two. <laughs> awesome. I got an eight. And five. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, you don't find much of anything on these on these bodies. Well, I suppose we should get out of here. Yeah, we're in a rush. Let's. Go. But even with those rolls, you still find a couple of things on the head guy, um, the the sort of last guy that you had uh, killed, the one that you threw the mm-hmm. hammer at, Rollo. Um, you find. On his body, he has on him three books. They're sort of like small notebooks, actually not too dissimilar from this notebook. Just a few inches uh, tall and a few inches thick, or a few inches wide. Um, they are clearly like designed to be handheld notebooks. One of them is very clearly a log book. Um, Grolo, you wouldn't you wouldn't know this, but the two of you can decipher this very quickly. It's written in common. The logs are appear to be people's names. And then descriptors of of those people and mm. dates next to them, and then one of the other books appears to be a ritual book. The ritual book, immediately as you recognize it, you know that this is not a language that um, you are super familiar with. Does anybody here speak Orcish? Uh, I speak Orcish. 
Um, awesome. Thrain, you recognize the language as Orcish, but it is a dialect that you are not familiar with. Um, it's like an ancient Orcish. It's like the root of, of Orcish. Like a ceremonial prayer. Exactly. Uh, so it would be the, the equivalent of, you know, you can speak English, but if you read the Bible, you it still doesn't always sound exactly like English because right. there's there's lots of other terms and stuff in there. Could he read it? And because I, I can't read, but I can understand Orcish, can mm-hmm. I try to read it, and maybe I could try to understand something? This uh, is how, sure. This is I, how I, the beginning of Evil Dead happened, if you recall. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. <laughs> can you uh, can you try to read, and uh, maybe I can understand? Well, hold on for a second. So I actually go over. I close the door. I so I go. I go to the elf. I say, "Are you okay? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm can, fine. Can you can you go home? Are you safe? Oh." Yeah, I guess if you don't need anything, yeah. Hey, uh, hey Thrain. Do you know why they why they took you? Hey, hey, oh, they hey, just... Thrain. What? Can, can you read it out loud and maybe I can understand yeah, it? Yeah, just a second. Uh, okay. So, uh, why do you think they took you? Well, they said while they were just tying me just up that, um, that I, I didn't have any family nearby, which is true. I sort of live alone by myself. Um, I have a cat. He's okay. very nice. Uh, his name is Whiskers. Can I roll insight and he, see if this person is secretly... He's a mimic. No, I'm just kidding. Eleven. Um, that is enough. He's he's just a weirdo. Uh, he's not a monster. <laughs> this guy is a weirdo. You, they chose actually, him because nobody would miss him. Yeah, you're actually looking at like his clothes, and his clothes are like clearly covered in cat hair. And <laughs> uh, he's not wearing like great... very. Like, he's wearing sort of like a, a ugly-looking sweater. And and he's some like lady. slacks. Should we invite him to be part he's, of the team? He's kind of a cat. <laughs> he's really lonely. I think Shush is feeling a lot of sympathy for him. Uh, and and he's he <laughs> says like he's just describing his cat like a whole lot. It <laughs> sounds wonderful. Whiskers. You know what's great about Whiskers is he has just the best personality. He's so cuddly. Uh, but I'm he sorry. Who, knows wh- who is boundaries. Whiskers? That's my cat. Oh. Uh, would you like to come meet him? I live just down the way this way. Um, I, uh, Whiskers uh, l- adores meeting new people. You you might get scratched a little bit, but that's just a, a, a sort of way that he likes to um, uh, demonstrate his his uh, uh, affection for you. We his might actually is. take you up on that. Where do you live exactly? I live just down the road this way. The noise has been quite a problem with all of the yeah. music. I don't know if you noticed the music. Yeah. There's a big festival going on right now. Yeah, it's well, by our uniform, we, we dabble in oh, both I see. You are sacrifice musicians. saving and, and also we're a quartet. I'm, yeah. not a, I'm, not a, I'm not a musician. Uh, or, I'm fine with music. I didn't mean to offend. I'm sorry. I didn't Can mean you to get us into the, the tournament? I have nothing to do with the, to, with so, the uh, tournament. Actually, I wrote a letter to the city council saying they should move it to another another block. Of- yeah. Oh, so you know the city council? You could put a good word for us in the tournament. No, I think I may have misrepresent. I may have misrepresented my. I, I just wrote a. It was sort of an anonymous letter. Uh, who's I that? I didn't. That's no. That's just that, that just means the mayor. What's your name? Uh, my name is Pentel. And what's your address? It's just down this way. It's. Um, Brook Street Road. Okay. Brook Street over over on the side. So there might come a Thank time so when we actually come to life. your house and meet your cat. And there might also be Whiskers. a time. Whiskers. There might also be a time. What's your name again? Pentel. Pentel. There might also be a time when you might have to tell the story of what happened today because we saved your life from the evil Grumpshites, right? Oh, I'm not much of a storyteller. But you need you remember what happened, right? I was yes, I was here. The um, evil Grumpsh. The, the large fellow over here. He was he threw a thing. 
Um, yeah. What do you call that? Uh, sort of a. It's a weapon. But the a weapon. Gro- yes, he the threw Grumsh, a weapon. The Groomsh worshippers were trying to kill you in a sacrificial ceremony. Correct. Oh. Yes, I guess that that makes sense. Yes. That's what was happening, and okay, we Moradin and I show my hammer just saved you. Really? Yes, Moradin. Yes. Oh, I was not. So you you're just not, ha- so you're not Grumsh. No, we're Moradin. We're good guys. Grumsh the- are bad guys. So Shush you- is going to walk over and cross his arms and stand next to three and look like like a pose for like the cover of a, <laughs> an album. Wait. Oh, so you have to perhaps attest to this in the future. Uh, we have oh, Moradin. Right. Okay. I, I Moradin. Shall, you know what? You know what I'll do? I'll put it in my journal tonight. Please. Yeah. I'll put it in my journal. Please. And maybe I'll write a letter to the city council. They didn't really listen to my last one, but I'll, I'll write another no, one. No, don't write a letter. You don't think I should write a letter? No, because they might hurt you. So. The city council might hurt me. Yes. Well, they did put, don't the, tell anybody they did put the music tournament right outside. Don't tell anybody about what happened here, because they might <laughs> hurt you. Unless I, unless we come to you and ask you to tell the story again. Oh, okay. So you'll come to me. Yes. I'll put it in my journal, but I'll lock it with the little lock on the cover. Only tell Whiskers. On the cover of the journal. Whiskers. Yeah. It's okay to tell Whiskers. Oh, it's he, okay. is, he is sly, though. W- what He's about sly. Anonymous? Is that a safe person to tell? Who's Anonymous? Uh, some friend of his. and He's going to put a good word for our tournament. No, yes. That's, anonymous is just... That's just me. I, I just signed the letter... If that, that you just lied means about your name? Uh, yes. I guess. How can yes, we trust so. anything he says? So I recommend you go now. Oh, okay. Uh, well, thank thank you again for saving my life, strange people. Moradin, Thrain of Moradin. Thrain of Thrain of Moradin. Yes, thank you, thank you, all I'm of Shush you. Shush of Moradin. Oh, you are you also of Moradin? Okay, yes, it's that's a, good. The name good of our quartet. Know. Yeah. Oh, that's the name of the band. Will you be performing? Here too. We, we might be. Is it saving people and performing music? Is yes. It? Okay. I didn't. I wasn't sure on the. This is our new thing. Yes. <laughs> the saving people part of the music. The the music. Kind of oh, both. I see. We, we save people a lot. <laughs> oh, okay. I see. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank All you, everyone. Right. Thank thank you, Nicholas. Good luck with Anonymous. Okay. He told me his name already. I kind of sh- shuffle him out the door. <laughs> shuffle him out the door. Okay. Close. I'll tell, I'll tell Whiskers to expect. Thank me. you, and I close the door. <laughs> Close the door. Now it's quiet again, right? <laughs> it is now quiet again. Okay. So now um, I read the Orcish Out Loud. <laughs> Perfect. Um, <laughs> as you read the Orcish Out Loud, so there's a couple of things that you notice just even just flipping through the ritual book. The first is the rituals. Uh, the ritual book is really brutal. This is not a, a like... A ritual book for for casual rituals. For These, yeah, this is not the ritual book for kids. This is the ritual book for deep demons, uh, demons and sacrifices. And so you read through oh, some of the sections. Boy. The words themselves um, don't seem to carry magical stuff by by themselves. All the rituals dictate that you are to. They sort of explain how you're supposed to do the ritual and then have a series of words that are the magical phrases to go along with the ritual. Does it, does it have anything to do with the statue? or? Absolutely. And actually, there, there's there's only about 12 rituals that are in this ritual book, but each ritual takes up a good chunk of the book explaining all of, all of the pieces Yikes. of it. 
the the rituals as you're reading them out loud uh grolo to your familiarity with with the orcish language this definitely it sounds like an ancient orcish and it mm. sends chills down your spine in fact mm. it does that for for all of you whether or not you speak orcish um the the words in the ritual have have a sort of visceral effect in the in the way that they're said in the way that they're pronounced that that um really brings like a like a chill to your bones um and nicholas actually eventually as you're reading through he finally says like stop stop i i like i can't i, I don't even understand it and i don't, i can't hear any more of it it's it's too much it's i don't know creepy to, or something this is quite disturbing even for me thrain you find the ritual that was the one that they were supposed to be performing here and it's not just a sacrifice it's a torture and a sacrifice mm. it is gruesome and horrific Mm. And the the ritual, as as it's seen here, you can tell because of the worn out pages and the way in which they're, they're worn. This ritual has been performed more than once. Yikes! This is definitely something that that is um, more akin to the kind of groomsh magic and groomsh worship that you are much more used to to seeing. Okay, this is ancient evil. I have a, I have an idea. You okay. guys, I think Good. we should. Put on, we should make a make a performance on stage using some of these words as lyrics mm. to some heavy metal, and then we'll see who in the who audience recognizes it. Straight out of Hamlet. Mm. Let's try this. I like it. I was thinking that. I was like, how do we use the Wait, performance on stage? Why don't you, pre- why don't you present this idea? As, um, as uh, what if? What if? <laughs> listen, 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 listen. Um, uh, do you remember all the lyrics? I mean, the words. Uh, yeah. Because I can't read that. So if you can be a, a vocalist when we perform, you can sing those lyrics. You don't have to sing well; it's death metal. Mm-hmm. Ah, we need not, a deep, like, brawly voice that can sound the, like the world. heavy no. metal. But it's but it will it will. This is my idea. It's it's loud. I'll it's aggressive. The lyrics behind Grolo's face, well, ear, and all you, you have you'll... to do, Thrain, is put on a deep, growly voice, and then it'll be fine. I think you're, you'll be much better uh, at this. Your voice is so much louder than mine. Fine. I can play the the tambourines like uh, excellent. Like you you had given me that before. Yeah, that's true. And what Hopefully. what are we doing this for? We are going to look into the audience. Mm. If anyone looks surprised or alarmed, we'll know they know something about these rituals. And then we torture them. Well, we <laughs> we nab them and put them under our spells. Our and... zone of truth. Ah. Uh. So I'll say you also find one more thing. Okay. You also find a letter. The letter is actually in the logbook, um, sort of taking up a, a space in the logbook. And it's folded in half, and you, you can take it out and you unfold it. And the letter dictates, the letter is written in Orkish, but modern Orkish, not, um, not ancient Orkish. And the letter basically says, oh, I have my notes here. The letter is to Zog the Rotten, and it is from the General Kumag Blood Crusher. Yikes. And the letter basically dictates that Zog is to send himself or a representative to the wandering marshes in order to deliver an update on the sacrifice numbers. Oh, they have quotas. Um, they appear yes. to have quotas. I'll also say the logbook seems to dictate not just dates now, but dates in the future. Mm. It has dates laid out, and it has sometimes names and sometimes blank spaces, uh, but... The dates run out about two weeks out hmm. from where you are right now. And then the, the final date is actually circled. I see. Neither Shush nor I know whether people who make lists and calendars 
if that's normal or if that's like an impending problem. <laughs> and I'm more that's, like that's just the way people do it. Yeah. Do people plan out more than two weeks in advance, or is that like in two weeks they're going to bring Grooms back from wherever Grooms is? I mean, uh, as a as a as Kirk, I think that's true. As a character, I don't know if I would be able to determine that or even take a guess. Yeah, I mean, I mean, do I know that these rituals have to do with bringing Grooms back? That part is obvious. Okay. Um, and in fact, when you read the ritual book, it's clear that the point of these rituals is to increase the presence and power of Groomsh. So it's basically we're t minus two weeks for Groomsh. Right. <laughs> so so here, here's the basic way that it works. Um, gods get their power in the material realm from the worship of those who, who follow them. But it only works if you're actually following them by the tenets the god has put forward. So following a fake Groomsh doesn't really do anything for Groomsh. It has no benefit to, to his him whatsoever. And the same thing would be true for Thrain. If you didn't follow the actual tenets of Thrain, or um, not of Thrain, of Moradin, uh, if you didn't follow the actual tenets of Moradin, you wouldn't be giving anything back to Moradin, and Moradin, in turn, probably would not grant you the power that you that you have. That's a part of your sort of contract with with Moradin. Is you serve him, and he continues to give you a little bit a little bit of his power that lets you cast spells. Um, but the the city has clearly oriented themselves towards wanting orcs around and and wanting to to be followers of Groomsh. This has allowed them to do stuff like have statues, have places of worship, which otherwise they would not have been able right. to do. But the worship that is done during the day where people come in and they talk about how friendly Groomsh is and how he helps the that children. That doesn't help at all. <laughs> that, doesn't, that doesn't help Groomsh at all. Well, but it might also help lure people in to yeah. be sacrificed. Right. Or help lure people in to become part of the deeper levels of the church. Yeah. Um, sort of an indoctrination idea. A the, Scientology thing. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and I mean, Scientology is great. <laughs> no, I don't, I'm not a follower of Scientology. Um, but the um, the the advantage of doing this kind of thing, and especially this kind of ritual, is that you basically create a place that is suffused with a tremendous amount of magic. The same thing would be true for worship of any god. If you yeah. had an entire city that was dedicated to worshiping a god, that place you would you would feel a, a stronger presence to Moradin if you went right. back to your home where tons and tons of people worship Moradin, just like you feel a weakness to Moradin here, where there are so, so few actually worshiping it. Guys, so, I, I don't know a lot of things, but I do know that orcs are relentless, and when they put their mind on something, they're going to try to get it done. And if we just interrupt their, their little you know, death ritual, we might be expecting a lot of them to descend on this town. Yeah, and this note seems to say that there's a out band of these Grumshites that might need a pounding by your mall. I love it. I'll also say all of you have traveled enough that you know that the Wandering Marshes are about uh, a day or two's journey to the east, out, out of the city. Mm. Okay. Do we know, could I, like, roll a check to know about if there's, like, a an event that would happen in the, like, constellations or any sort of, like, astrological event that would happen on that date? Yeah, give me a history check. Everybody can roll this. Okay. History check. Modified 20. Nine. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Not so much. <laughs> Not so much for Four. Willow. Um, Shush, you've been sailing the seas long enough to know that that date is important in two ways. The first is it's there's no moon on that date. 
um, which is just a you know that's the lunar cycle has has resulted in there being no moon on that day. Wait, wasn't um, that, was the was, what was the deal with the moon and the pirates? Was it when there was no moon? It's coming back full circle now. Um, it that that is when the pirates come out is when there is no moon. When there is no moon. Right. Um, the second one is that that date is a it's it is an ancient orc holiday um, that basically oh. go, goes back a long long way. It represents the day that Grumsh lost lost his eye. It's celebrated in some other oh. religions because the uh, uh, the the story is that the god of the elves was the one who took Grumsh's eye, um, and a lot of the orcs have restoried that to say that um, Grumsh only ever had one eye. Oh. So that is um, a sort of a day of blood where orcs want to come back and take back the the lands that they want. And they celebrate that holiday often with um, a, a fresh spill of blood. Mm. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> so for the sake of the camera, maybe we should have Grolo have an interaction with Cruddy. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's, uh, let's, let's, let's resolve to... Go out east to the marshes and right. uh, take on these grumpshites. Which but, means I need to say bye to Cruddy. Which need well, well t- we're going to leave tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. we got to go the, hang out with the cat. First thing in the morning. Yeah, yeah we got to right. go hang out with the cat right. and and whatever <laughs> that person's name was. Yeah, so the three of us will go hang out with Whiskers and and the and the whatever his name is Montel Montel Williams uh, uh, Pentel Pentel, Pentel. <laughs> uh, anonymous I thought. Yeah, and uh, uh, Grolo is going to. Grolo is going to interact with Cruddy. Going to have "quote unquote" dinner. Grolo, um, you're headed to the to the address, which I assume somebody else would have. Told yeah, you, I think Thrain educated me. Perfect, um, and gave you some directions. Right. Do you bring anything with you? Uh, I bring my maul, of course. <laughs> and then uh, I think before I left, I, I, I asked Shush for uh, some advice. Shush, can you give me any advice? Cook for her and don't say anything. Mm, I believe that was the advice Very good From before Yeah Cook for her And listen And try not to talk too much Because she She's expressed that She's not into you talking a lot Alright Use non-verbal signals That you're paying attention Like nodding your head Okay What what is non-verbal? Don't say anything (laughs) How how can I ask you the question If I don't say anything? Don't say anything to her While she's talking Ah, to you Okay very good Don't interrupt her Okay I've got it you got it. I've got it. Uh, All right. So you show up at I show at up at Cruddy's, Cruddy's. at Cruddy's house. Yes. Um, Cruddy lives in a um, <laughs> Cruddy lives in a, in the sort of downstairs uh, room of a of a larger, uh, effectively an apartment building, mm-hmm. uh, and she has the the bottom floor of it. And as you bang on the door, uh, you hear her shout back, um, "Who is it? I swear, if it's that stupid upstairs neighbor, John, if it is you again, I will come and I will crush your head with my hand." And she c- comes and opens the door, and she sees that it, it is you, and in fact, not apparently her upstairs neighbor, John. Uh, and she goes, "Oh, it's you. Uh, it's not John. In fact, it is me. I-, I will help you crush John if that is what you require. Uh, but I also came uh, as we are uh, supposed to cook." Some leap pies, or I will cook. Uh, I'm not meant to talk to you, but I will do leap pies. Uh, who told you not to talk to me? I no, I just. So you're going to come in here and you're just going to stand there and cook? I y- yes. All right, that sounds pretty good. <laughs> and well. maybe I'll have you crush John later. 
um, come in. Uh, her her apartment is actually pretty nice. Um, uh, she's clearly done a good job decorating it. You can see some old, uh, actually some really interesting old orcish decorations, uh, maybe inherited uh, through her family. But it's clear when you are coming into this apartment, Grolo, even to you, she's lived here for a long time. Uh, maybe this was her parents' parents' place before uh, before it was hers. Uh, wow. You can see lots of like older furniture, and you can see pictures um, or drawings, actually sketches uh, of her and her family, and and um, uh, you're starting to get like a little bit better sense of of Cruddy as a person. Uh, Cruddy comes in and then uh, gestures to the kitchen, and then crosses her arms and stares at you. Oh boy, um, I I can tell you you really don't leave the house much. What is that supposed to mean? <laughs> I, I, I mean you're I, saying I'm a shut-in? No, I'm here by myself with my no, cats? No, no, I, I, you, you've been here for a, a while, I mean. I uh. imagine Shush is listening at the window <laughs> and is like going to cause some sort of distraction by like, like making a bird sound or something so that it'll like remind you. <laughs> right. like, We're playing a little Roxanne <laughs> there. Yeah, yeah, that's All exactly right. what I'm thinking. I'm a little uh, Cino de Bergerac. So I here. see you and I'm like, Whoa. <laughs> I, I mean, you... You've been here a long time. Oh, you're trying to say I'm a hoarder. I keep too much stuff. I've been here too long. I've collected so much. Right, a hoarder, exactly. So <laughs> what what I what I want to say is bird sound. This looks like a great house. Right, it is a great house, regardless of what you say. Kaka. Oh. <laughs> All right, let me let me If you were going to cook, how do you like to start usually? If I make lead pies? Yes. Well, I would start with the meat. Right. You need to boil it. Right. Uh, Where do you keep your meat? I keep a goat in the closet over there. Very well. (laughs) Uh, It is a dead goat. (laughs) It is goat goat parts. (laughs) Uh, So I I pull out my maul. (laughs) (laughs) I just start bashing the... What? No, that's terrible. You're doing a terrible job. Uh, uh, sorry. I, what would you like? Do you have a knife? A sharp yes, knife? Yes. To your right. Oh, all right. Slice, 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 slice. Now, I'm really good with, with knives. Um, as you're, as, actually, as you're focused, she sort of watches you for a long time. And then uh, without, while you're focused on, on cooking, she starts to talk. Okay. Um, she says, that's not bad. You're not doing a bad job. Uh, maybe you've made this before. Have you made leap pies before? I don't actually want to know. What I want to what I want to know is what brought you to the to the church that you knew how to find me. Uh, well, we were going to uh, participate in a music tournament, and we have a friend that's going to put a good word in with anonymous. Oh, that explains your ugly sweater. Yeah, well, it's, it's a costume. Yes. Oh, yeah, and um, but you know, on the way there, we. I can't remember, but we had a reason because we're investigating the town and there's these bad people and we are good people. And so then we, I jumped and I hit the thing. And Your the, story is terrible. Well, I mean, we saved you. Yes, I liked that part. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> good job. <laughs> Do you um, have any uh, <clears throat> uh, salt or what? Yes, you- the spices are, are on the rack to your left. Um, Grolo, give me a, uh, a cooking check. Uh, you can make this your... Oh, there's not really like a cooking skill. You can make it survival. Uh, oh, plus three. Okay. Fourteen. Uh, Fourteen. Uh, Grolo, you do not do the worst job, especially because you're pretty nervous about it. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, dropping everything. And she, and, and she watches you the whole time, clearly okay. like... 
judging you I, on your. Can I play some music from that from downstairs oh. on, on the violin? And can you like, like help me? Can you do a little bardic inspiration? I was gonna uh, yeah, yeah. bardic inspiration <laughs> for yeah, cooking. Um, go ahead and add an extra an extra. What is it? A d6 for bardic. Okay. Uh, add an extra d6 on top of that. What does the song sound like? My hope is that like she looks up at him and they make eye contact. And is it like, like okay? Is it like Le'Veon Rose? Your eyes, your eyes. It'd be it's a 15. <laughs> Sweet child of mine. <laughs> um, uh, she immediately, as you start like playing playing the music, she like uh, is staring at Grolo, and then finally she goes. That'll be that upstairs neighbor John, and she takes a, <laughs> she takes a, a broom and she starts banging on the <laughs> on the ceiling. Um, uh, but you don't stop. Uh, you you keep going along with that, and she she sort of rolls her eyes and she goes, "All night he's he's doing that. He complains about my noise and the smells from my kitchen. Uh, the neighbors are the worst, aren't they? Terrible. <laughs> they they're are just the worst. they're just awful. They are so romantic. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, so at this point, I usually uh, put it. In the oven, that would be the right way to do it. Uh, if you want to cook a pie, that's what I'm saying. Right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Good. Right. Now sit. Uh, very well. Over here. Uh, <laughs> that is my comfortable chair. Oh, this is very comfortable. Good. Yeah. Would you like to sit? No. Yes, well, I will sit. Maybe you can sit. I'll sit over here, right next to Grollo. That's acceptable. Very good. <laughs> This is getting she, uncomfortable. She, she sits down. She sits down next to you, and she says, "Thanks." So, your family came from here. Uh, my family. I, I, I am half orc. I am too. And um, I, my father was a. He was a monster. Uh, but. I have fond memories I of my father. Village. Was an orc. Uh, he was a, an orcish monster. He destroyed the village I come from. Um, she she like takes a long moment and she looks at you and this is maybe the first time you feel like she's not angry at you. And she stands up and she uh, takes something down off the wall. It looks like kind of a shadow box. Mm. And she hands it to you and she says, "My mother was an orc. Mm. She grew up in this city." among all of the terrible things that people called her. Ooh. But she kept all of her orc heritage with her. And with it, she'd passed many of those traditions on to me. She's the one who taught me how to make leap pies. Oh. And my father loved her all the same, even with all the hate that he got from everyone. Hmm. And this is not much better. And she looks out the window, and you can see that there's there's actually like a um, there's lots of churches of Grumsh. Um, some of them are really big churches, but there's actually across the street from her, her house, there's like a smaller church um, that is over there. Uh, and she looks out the window at it and she says, this is not better. They are not good represent, representation of orc culture. They are, their love for orcs is just as bad as the hatred for orcs that we once had. So my father would have been a Grunsch supporter and my mother would have liked you. Well, my mother did not worship Grumsh. She worshipped Lorleth. Mm. Do I know who Lorleth is? You do not. Okay. Uh, who is Lorleth? Um, she says, Lorleth is an appreciator of tradition. I appreciate tradition. And story. 
and story. Lorleth is not a very well-appreciated god among the orcs, but a god nonetheless. I would like to know more about Lorleth. She says, really? I do. I, I love tradition. I, I appreciate stories. Um, she kind of frowns, and she looks over at the oven, and she says, well, we have five minutes. Um, and she uh, pulls out what appears to be from – she actually opens up the shadow box, and she pulls out, like, a little um, like a little journal. Um, it, it's, it's not too dissimilar from, like, a, like a small Bible. <clears throat> and she opens it up, and she starts reading you stories of Lorleth. Mm-hmm. Um, Lorleth is – she reads a couple of stories in, in just the five minutes. Uh, Lorleth, as she would, would present it to you, is much more a god of – um, uh, holding tradition, but in the ways of strength that the orcs have have that you have not really gotten a chance to know from the orcs. Mm. Um, it, it maintains the idea of like uh, physical strength and physical ability are are strong tenets of of the orcs, but it also maintains that um, the god Grumsh was the one that set orcs on a poor path to begin with. Mm. Um, that orcs were given their homes because they were draw- given the short straw of of placement from all the gods, but that um, Grumsh was the one who who encouraged them towards war. I see. Whereas Lorleth was actually a, an orc um, uh, herself who came, uh, grew up under all of the orc traditions, and then left the orc tribes, um, even as they were banded under under Grumsh, and went and formed her own. Um, faction, I guess, for for lack of a better term, she went she went and formed her own family. She actually calls it her family in the in the stories that that are presented. And Lorleth, the the tenets of Lorleth appear to be more about um, family and tradition and a recognition that the lands that were given to the orc while given to the orcs while they were not as fertile and not as um, uh, plentiful as other lands gave them the opportunity to have many other rich things like their food traditions, ah. and like their, their culture, that they didn't get to have otherwise. And so Lorleth basically took a bunch of orcs and left the, the teachings of Grumsh and went and formed another faction. And when Lorleth died, she left all of her writings to other orcs. Now, Lorleth was also a big believer in the idea of, of teaching orcs to read and write, um, something that Grumsh never, never cared about. I never knew all this. Um, she says, Lorleth is not well appreciated. Um, and she kind of closes up her, her book. Um, and she says, your pies are burning. Oh, uh, sorry. <laughs> ah, ah, ah. Uh, use, the, use the gloves. It, uh, they don't quite fit. Oh, uh, use the towel. <laughs> um, These smell yummy. They smell terrible. Oh, sorry. But you should bring me a slice. Very well. <laughs> slice. <laughs> um, she sits and she eats the pie, uh, and uh, and you wait in anxious anticipation as she <laughs> takes the first bite. Um, and she chews it uh, a little long and then swallows it uh, and then turns to you and she says, acceptable. Oh, th- th- thank you. It's, it's, um, it's, it's actually not very often that I cook and... But I'm trying to become a better cook. Um, you could learn a lot. I, I, I sure can. And I, I think I would appreciate any uh, tips 
She or, says, "Yes, very. You great. maybe have some some skill, some talent, mm. so, perhaps. So do you, perhaps. In that case, maybe I will show you something in the morning." Mm. And with that, we're going to use a thing that I like to use in Dungeons and Dragons, where we're going to fade to black. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> Wait, should, there should be a roll. I want a roll. Come on. There's got to be. A, let's just have them roll a twenty, and we'll all imagine what it means. So go ahead and roll a d twenty. Sixteen. Sixteen. Not oh, plus an actually athletic, an athletics roll. Plus <laughs> an athletics roll. Uh, athletics plus five. <laughs> Whoa, a twenty-one. Right. Twenty. Oh yeah, twenty-one. <laughs> okay. We all know what that means. We can. We don't we even have to say what it means. Say the leap pies were delicious. <laughs> all right, so let's take a break, and when we get back, let's continue Grolo's adventures with with Cruddy. That was surprisingly <laughs> romantic. <laughs> All right, we're back from the break. So I thought we would do some little things here. First off, we had Daniel, listener Daniel, sent in some artwork about our adventures in D&D land. And so we need to name an NPC after him at some point. Um, I'm imagining in the marshes, one of the evil people could be. Evil, <laughs> so we're going to kill, kill Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Um, we missed an opportunity with... Uh, uh, Montel Williams, but um, what are we going to do? <laughs> so we'll try to remember that. Uh, Lou wrote in and said, Hey guys, my flatmate recently made me listen to your D&D therapy sessions, and I'm loving it so far. I have a question. I'm DMing my own campaign right now. My partner's character has a really traumatic backstory, and from what they told me about their own past, a lot of it is similar to their own traumatic history. They are really attached to this character so so much that it gives them anxiety sometimes. And I'm asking myself if they aren't maybe reliving those experiences through the character. I don't want to take this character away from them, but I also don't want to help them trigger themselves from their past trauma. So what are the consequences for this? By the way, your podcasts are super great and interesting. Thank you for what you do. Adam and Adam, what do you think? So a couple of things. Um, one of the things that we always say whenever we're telling people who are playing Dungeons & Dragons um, with challenges at the table is if you're not a therapist, don't be a therapist. Uh, it's just always a good, uh, a good disclaimer to give out, um, uh, never to, to be a therapist. But there's a lot of opportunity that just playing Dungeons & Dragons or playing a role-playing game can present when coming to the table it gives you a chance to to sometimes work out past things and work out past pieces. The biggest piece here is that you need to set up a framework for um, consent and a framework for the the person to be able to have control over what happens to their character. Uh, you never would want to force them into a situation where they're they're having to be re-traumatized by that. Um, but you also don't want to. You don't want to put that trauma in, into the game. So if, there's, if there is an opportunity for you to, to avoid those traumas in the game, that might be a good idea. That might be a good uh, chance to, to say that that's a little too far to get into this game to, to very directly face that. Yeah, along those lines, and that's great. I think, you know, as you so well know, you know, you would know that stuff. Um, would that involve maybe even asking them prior to uh, beginning the adventure? It's like, so... 
this adventure might head into this kind of content. How do you feel about that? There's some really good strategies that we use with our players, and we recommend every game master do with their players, and it's often called a session zero. And a session zero is, is ideally it happens before the first time you play, but you can really do it at any time. But the idea of a session zero is you sort of establish your table rules where um, we oftentimes will do what's called a no list and a please list. And then I hand everybody a 3 by 5 card, and at the top I will write, no, I literally just did this yesterday. Um, I'll, I'll uh, hand everybody and say, this is your no list. This is everything that you do not want to have in this game. This for, You don't have to explain why you don't want to have it in the game, but I'm assuming this is something that causes you some sort of deep um, personal um, rejection. And I don't want you to reject this game, so I'm going to give you this uh, card. And, I, and yesterday I had stuff like no homophobia in the game, uh, no torture in the game, no sexual content, no uh, foul language was something that this young person was particularly bothered by so that no list is a great way to particularly um put things off limits i don't want to have sexual violence in the game not i don't want to have um kids being hurt right. in the game just don't want to have it it is a trigger um triggers are sometimes an overused word but it's something that i don't want to have in the game right um and then i also give everybody a card with a please list and the please list is things you do want to have in the game and sometimes that's i want to have a megazord in the game <laughs> which i literally had that and made it happen um we'll say um but sometimes that's like, I want to have strong female characters. I want to have uh, characters in power that aren't, don't have British accents, whatever it might be, right? That's just like a thing that they want to advocate for. And so I would say um, to your listener, our listener, um, to do something like that where they have an opportunity for that person to, to put their limits out in the open um, for the group to know. At least uh, they, they can also make their limits um, anonymous, something that everybody knows. I get a no list from everybody, and then I, I um, keep them confidential, but I read them out loud. So nobody knows who said no sexual violence or whatever, but we make that very explicit so none of the other players bring it up. I love that. That's awesome. Um, That's the other, the other thing that, that is a huge resource for trauma is what is referred to as the X card, and it takes – uh, a couple of different forms depending on how a game master and a group wants to use it but basically it's once again you can have a 3 by 5 card with a big red X written on it and you can either have everybody has one or there's one in the center of the table depending and if something hits a trigger point for somebody they can either hold up their X card and show it to everybody um, flip over the X card however you want to use it it's a non-verbal signal that's pre-established that ev- anybody can use at the table and then the the outcome of that use is is also something the group, the group uh, establishes so it might be something like um, when you flip the X card over your character becomes an npc and then you can get up and go take a break to get a drink of water whatever it could be we pause the game for five minutes and discuss what happened the group can sort of decide how they want to do that but that gives the person an opportunity if something does become triggering for them or problematic for them they don't have to um have that like sense of self-advocacy necessary to interrupt the game and say hey guys this is something that bothers me because we've established ahead of time there's sort of a non-verbal signal right. with the card that that makes it safe to interrupt the game yeah and i suspect knowing you adam that you sell it really well at the beginning in the way that you're doing right now you don't just sort of say so there's this x thing and if you ever get uncomfortable you know like you're really you're really like <laughs> so explain- i forget what it's for but whatever it's yeah <laughs> it, you're trying to infuse a culture yes. among people where they own that process Process and they know it well and they feel like they get it and they can use it uh, and they have the agency around it. It's about power. It's about empowerment. Yeah, you, so it sounds like you have a discussion. What what will this mean for the group? And they talk about it. Sort of gets that into their skulls, like what exactly that means. That's and really great. It. Uh, bring it back up. Uh, bring it back up every other session and say, hey, just a reminder, this is how the X card work. We all, we all yeah. agreed on that. I just want to make sure everybody's on the same page and remembers that that's a resource for you. Yeah, because yeah, I was going to ask you guys if, if you ever established like safe words, and it sounds like this is a nonverbal safe word. It's basically a safe yeah. word. Interesting. 
The last thing that, that I'll say just around this, this particular subject, there's a great technique that Adam and I will occasionally steal from a couple of other RPGs where when you're going to play out a scene, rather than making the scene a mystery to every to the players involved, you can outline what the scene is going to look like. You can outline the start of the scene and the end of the scene and then let the players interact to fill in the scene in the middle. Um, so we just did this, this great scene with uh, Grolo and Cruddy. But one way I could have done that is I could have said, um, Grolo, let's, um, we're going to end this scene. This is where this scene is going to end. It's going to end with, with like you and Cruddy getting along and, um, uh, maybe, uh, uh, f- fading off into black as you spend the night there. Like that, that can be the predetermined outcome of the scene. And then we can still role play out all the stuff in the sure. middle. That's still just as much fun. So a right. lot of the times, if I, if I think I might be hitting a scene that might be particularly challenging for a player to do, what I might do is I might outline it ahead of time and say, uh, hey, Adam, we're going to play out a scene where, uh, Shush is, is encountering his long lost brother, um, uh, at the end of the scene, you and your and your brother are going to get into an argument, and then are going to split, and that's going to be the end of the scene. So we'll play it out however it's going to go. But I want to let you know that this is going to be the the end of the scene as as it plays out, and then we'll we'll see how we get there. Yeah. And now it's a collaborative thing that we're going to build together. And now yeah. you have lots of power to understand where the scene is going and what's what it's going to result in. Yeah, I think that's great. So to the listener, if I think because the other things are more like akin to therapy-esque playing but i think that one would be pretty easy to infuse into a regular dungeons and dragons game Mm -hmm. where you're just like at the beginning you're just like so we're we're not just going to play like a regular fight battle here it's going to be kind of involved in this these are going to be the elements you know how do you feel about that you can disagree up front like well i don't want to i don't want it to end like that well but even if that even if so the thing i'm worrying about is that the player that they're concerned about is shy about their own advocacy and their own agency yeah. and might want to blend in but is slowly being kind of triggered occasionally. And the main thing to triggering is not knowing where things are headed. Mm-hmm. Is like, I don't know. Like, like for me, when I'm watching the Grolo cruddy scene, I'm over here watching it going, I have no idea where <laughs> this is headed. And I'm kind of anxious right. personally because sure. I'm like, I, is Cruddy going to throw him out the door? Are they <laughs> are they going to run upstairs and crush John's head? <laughs> you know, like like there was you know some real anxiety, but because, I was anxious too. <laughs> because, but because I don't have trauma around that, like it wasn't triggering for me. If I did have trauma around that, it I my body might be flooded. Mm. Whereas if I knew uh, ahead of time, this is basically what's going to happen. Cruddy's going to give him some crap, but if if Rolo plays his cards right, then things will probably work out and there'll be a fade to black at the end. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, it would, for me, that would have ruined it for me because I, I wouldn't have been on the edge of my seat the entire time. Right. But if I had a propensity for being triggered, that would have definitely helped me. Right. And it's a different experience. Even if you had been uh, uh, told what was going to happen ahead of time, you might not have had your uh, edge of seat anxiety, but we still could have cracked all those jokes and we yeah, still could right, have had right. the, the fun of role playing it out. So uh, awesome. to some extent, I, I want to create anxiety for all of you, for, for my players at the table, because that anxiety will is an emotional response. That's a thing yeah. that I, I, I want to give you so that you can have that in the game. It can put you on the edge of your seat. It can make you um, feel more connected to the story or to what's going on. Uh, but for somebody who has experienced trauma and anxiety that, that reminds them of the trauma they've experienced, is not a, it's not a fun feeling. It's not a fun place where 
where they, they want to be, and it may be overwhelming for them. Yeah. The other things that Adam said, he said he incorporated the fade to black, and that's also a tool. So the, the X card and the session zero is not – that's not, like, limited to our group. So we really want every game master to do that with their players because you never know. Like you said, you never know what's going to be somebody's trigger. Mm-hmm. So to give everybody the power to X card – just we, we go into a place a lot of game masters like to have really dark greedy content dark greedy content is also more likely to be traumatizing or triggering to people um, who have experienced trauma so right. um the x card is something that, that the group can establish a norm because nobody knows when their trigger is going to show up if I, we go into a dungeon and there's you know people chained on the wall and for some reason like that's you know typical of dungeons there there are <laughs> places where people get you know locked up um but for for some reason that like i wasn't expecting it or whatever and that was tra- tra- traumatic to me there's a couple of different tools that you, any game master can have to change it you can also say like i want to rewrite that whatever sort of um tools you establish and empower the players to have a voice otherwise the players are trapped Right, and no dungeon master wants to traumatize exactly. their players. No They're just trying to be entertaining, yeah. and right. maybe they don't know. And then, so if they it, having these tools is a way for players to speak up without feeling like they're interrupting the flow or insulting or taking over, you know, because it's it's the culture in Dungeons and Dragons is players don't say, "I don't like this storyline." Like that, <laughs> that's not cool. Like right. you're not supposed to screw with you know the dungeon master's flow. Another email here from Kate. Uh, She writes, Good evening, Kirk and Adams. Sorry, Birdo, she left you. (laughs) I am a Master's of Social Work student at Portland State University in Oregon. I did a presentation this evening on Game to Grow and Critical Core. Whoa! That's great. And the utilization of D&D as a therapeutic intervention. In order to make the presentation a bit more entertaining, I created a short adventure for my peers in class. I hope I did you guys justice. Looking forward to your next D&D podcast. Awesome. Nice. That's great. And she sent her PowerPoint, which I can show you later, but it's it's interesting because it kind of goes through everything that you guys talk about. That's, and, that's really great. And I'm also trying to – she said that there were 15 people in the class, so I'm trying to imagine like a 15-person dungeon you know, Whoa, adventure. Yeah. Uh, but, I, I actually once ran a very, very short uh, like dungeon example, Dungeons & Dragons example with a, an audience of people – where what I did was I, I split up the room into oh. basically like columns of, of like you, all, all of you on to the right here are all the dwarf cleric and all of you in the middle here are all the oh. the human fighter and all of you to the left here are all the elf wizard. And they had to like agree on what their move was? No, I just had them shout stuff out. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but it worked It worked actually pretty well. <laughs> Whose line is it anyway? Whose line is it anyway? So what Kate is talking about is Critical Core, which is available at criticalcore.org. The Kickstarter is on its way lots of people have signed up for it we've had a huge response which means that we can actually go ahead with fulfilling those orders and sending everyone the critical core uh, box set which is a set for people to use to use dozens of dragons for therapy group therapy i guess family therapy couples therapy uh, in classrooms parents with uh, their students um, parents with their kids, teachers with their students, um, and community building, and it's a it's the culmination of many years of Adam and Adam's work, and is perfectly set up to help you, uh, you know, get started with it. Um, and the other thing I want to mention is that we're heading in, we're we're sort of in the throes of the of a phase at Game to Grow where we're expanding the groups beyond Adam and Adam. Adam and Adam have been running all the groups. They've been the people who have been the pri- they've been the executive directors, the visionaries, the 
they go to the conventions, they do the, all the interviews, and they run all the groups. But now we're like, look, if we need to, if we're going to spread the model, we need other people to be doing this. And so we've been hiring uh, dungeon masters to to run groups for kids that are coming to Game to Grow to uh, benefit from this this model. Primarily, it's young people, teenagers, young people uh, of all genders saying that they would like to have a place where they can work on their self-esteem, their social skills, have some fun. And normally they get dragged to therapy and they're not so into it, but they come to this thing and they love it and they want to come all the time and they make friends and they have similar interests. And so... We're hiring people, and uh, eventually we want to actually spread to other cities. We're not at that phase right now, but we will be eventually. And so any of you out there, any of you, particularly you therapists out there, but really we hire non-therapists as well. It's just people who, who you think can be a dungeon master in a therapeutic way with a group of young people and follow the model. Um, you get training, you get paid, and it's fun work, so... Uh, email uh, Adam and Adam at what's the email address? Um, I think for that it would be jobs at game to grow dot org. Jobs jobs at game to grow dot org, and you can because uh, we're we're in the next couple years we'll definitely be expanding even further, right, guys? Oh yeah, 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 absolutely. Anything else you want to say? I want to say that um, we are fully funded on Kickstarter, but one of the funding levels, so I'm not going to say that we need your funding to make this project successful because it's already very successful, Um, but I will say that um, we have funding levels where even if you are someone who uh, supports this kind of work and you want it to be more out there, let's say you're not a therapist, you're not a doctor, you don't have a group of kids who you want to help improve their social skills, but you still like the idea of this project, we have funding levels that will let you... Uh, donate a kit to a hospital, a school, or a community oh. center. So even if you are not um, sure you want to play D&D with kids, um, but you would like to see this project out there, you can still go to criticalcore.org and support the project so that more kids have more opportunities to play role-playing games to improve their lives. Is there a designation on the Kickstarter that, like, a click, click? You're checking a box saying, I don't want a box, but I want to donate a box somewhere. Yes, you can either get a box just donated, or you can get one for, for you and for a donation. And then, then the, the higher funding levels have uh, – all, all of the higher funding levels all uh, give a kit to another donation mm. location as well. Yeah, one of the things that Adam and Adam have been doing for a long time is making all these connections with various different organizations that are interested in this work or even doing it and would definitely be interested in the kit. So it's not like these donated kits will be sitting in a warehouse somewhere. They, they're, they're already earmarked. So please do that. Um, all right. Anything else? No, I think that's good. All right. Uh, let's do it. Let's get back to... Uh, do you guys uh, know what I just got in the mail recently? What? Uh, I bought on eBay a Heroes Quest. Remember the board game Hero Quest? Is that the one where it's like a D and D with, but like a simplified D and D comes with little figurines? Oh my god! Yeah, so yeah. if you look right over there, last night I bought a Dungeons and Dragons board game, Wrath of Ashardalon. That's like the uh, that's the <laughs> the newest D and D board game. But this what you, what you have this is was like, like an a older, simplified non TSR. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. But I played it when I was a kid with my brother and stuff. Yeah, I think really I might have had it. Did it have like a prop in the middle that you're trying to get to yeah it had all these props like with trap doors and like yeah. little bad guys you're trying to work your way yes. through the dungeon on this board yes and right. like each of you has a fighter or a that's thief right. or something right. did it have actual props like like mousetrap 
like it just had little tiles and then the tiles but I've, and then some other things kind of are 3D printed or not 3D printed we should then. play that on They're your plastic. we should play that on your YouTube channel oh yeah oh yeah that's a cool yeah. idea yeah because that's like one of my kid when I was a kid things so alright sounds sweet let's do it <laughs> Um, well, I guess let's let's jump back into our game. Yeah. So we just played out a whole scene that Grolo was uh, was doing, but you guys had suggested the idea of reading these lyrics as a part of the music festival that's currently going on. So yeah, I'm curious, I mean, would you have gone to do that before Grolo went to? Well, let's role play that that talk out. So Shush, uh, I think the the idea is good, and we could still do it if you want. Uh, um. I imagine the same goal could be got if we just go to the marshes, but I'm up for justice any time of the day. How many days of the, of the music festival are there? Um, there's one more day to the music festival. You could do it tomorrow. You could do it the next night, yeah. That would be a great closure after we kick some skulls. Well, we have to go to the marsh a couple of days out, and then whatever happens there, and if we come back, so it'll be a number of days before oh. we back. So if you go to the marshes tonight... You know, the music festival. We can't go to the over. marshes tonight because I have well, to go, go to the marshes early, early in the morning. Yeah. Uh, He's quote unquote cooking <laughs> leafies. <laughs> That's a new euphemism. Uh, <laughs> if you go to the marshes in the morning, you will miss the last day of the festival. I, I think if I, if you want to, like, look, this is your dream. We you're not here for this conversation. You're with you're with Cruddy. Oh, I, I thought we were talking about this before uh, I left. No, no this, you're with Cruddy. This, this oh, whole conversation this whole conversation could have happened before you left. Oh, okay, okay, Cruddy. okay. Because yeah, yeah. we were just like he was just explaining you guys were there. the idea. Okay. And so I'm saying like this is your dream. We can we could do this quickly before I cook some leap pies. Can we go that far back? No. <laughs> can we can we try this idea out before he goes to cook leap pies? Like yeah. we can do the whole performance thing before. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we're just we're, like, we're, we're we're rolling we're rolling back. So to all of you, all of you, kind of clean, clear, uh, clearing up and and figuring out what you're going to do right. while you're in the church. Okay. Um, and it's it's uh, the early evening at this point, so there's there's not any particular. This is a Quentin Tarantino it, story. Yeah. Like you see what what? Oh, you know what would have been hilarious is <laughs> if Grolo had like yeah, yeah exactly like a oh, giant the sweater. There was something about the sweater. A giant like wound in his head or something. Right. Yeah. Remember she commented on the sweater? Yeah. Okay, something's going to happen with the sweater. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, okay. So all, all, you, all you really know is that Grillo apparently makes it out of whatever this music festival <laughs> thing is alive. Right. That's true. That's <laughs> by, true. By necessity. And I'm not, and I'm not like crying or anything, so maybe everyone made it okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. Uh, okay, so you guys are, are going to sign up for the music festival, and then if, if I'm getting the the plan right, you're going to perform music, but you're, the lyrics are going to be the lyrics of one of these rituals for yeah. Yeah. for this thing, just to see if people in the audience recognize it. Thrain is going to whisper, and I'm going to repeat what he's saying. And then, do you have a plan for what happens if people in the audience recognize it? Is there is there something you want to do with that? You just want to get a an idea for how many people there are, or or is there? Are you going to like run out into the audience and try to kill all of them? <laughs> Maybe we should tell someone we trust to like write down names. Yeah, and then afterwards, and we'll put them in the truth booth. Yeah, and mostly I'm there because I I want to support Shusha's dream. <laughs> um. Well, I will be watching the crowd, and if I see anyone that recognizes it, I will switch the lyrics because that's all I need to know. Is just you I just, just need to see somebody 
because we don't if you know best case scenario only one person kind of really right, gets if, it if the right. whole crowd gets it the we whole, might be in trouble they're right. all gonna sing along yeah. with us yeah. and like, you know, they all know the lyrics yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so and if the whole crowd gets it then I'll shut it down also right and, so it's, re- it's really like, just a, a way to like test the waters like how and just see, how many people in this city yeah. And are, then, like, are true worshippers of Grimms. I'll watch. I'll, I'll, I'll zero in on somebody, and then wait until. Uh, and just, probably, and if they start running, I'm going to run after. Yeah, you them. can probably slink off, and I'll start making some hilarious, yeah, lyrics on the fly. <laughs> and I think maybe I'll like jump into the audience and do a little crowd surfing. Yeah, it's right. been a dream of mine. <laughs> <laughs> so me and Nicholas will be the only ones <laughs> <laughs> up on stage. Yeah. <laughs> Well, he's got the outfit, the Guar outfit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know, if if Thorin has to run off, I'll like you know also run, and we'll make it, it make it look like a thing. Exactly. Yes. Well, it look like yeah. a thing. Like you like you're engaging the audience. All right. Um, awesome. Everybody, roll me uh, first. Roll me a deception check. Ten. Well, so are, is this is this the beginning of our time? Of our of our performance, uh, this is actually you trying to talk your way into this the, <laughs> this music festival. Right. Nine for me. Um, I got an eight. Uh, That's awesome. sort of my thing, and I got an eight. Um, I will roll for yeah. Nicholas as well. I'm totally depleted on spells and healing and everything. Well, by the way, so ooh. don't get injured. Why do we? Why do we? I thought that that guy was going to get us into the festival. No. He has connections in the city. Forget council. about that guy. <laughs> um, as you guys uh, go out into the into the festival, you search for a little while to find somebody who looks like they might be in charge of festival activities. Uh, but eventually you find somebody with, with like a clipboard and they clearly are, are directing people places. And as you approach, you're all wearing these ponchos and you're mm-hmm. all uh, clearly dressed as, as a band. And uh, this person looks you, looks you all over and says, um, oh, let's see, what voice do I want to give them? Remember your little tips, fast, slow, nose, teeth. Well, well, well. What do you call yourselves? We're Moradin. Moradin? That's the name of our group. That's yeah. wonderfully poignant. Yeah, it's 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 very poignant. Uh, well, <laughs> let me see if I have you on the list here. I'm gonna cast minor illusion and make it on the list. <laughs> Can we? Be... <laughs> uh, I guess it's a it's a uh, check for them. <laughs> They did not succeed on that. There it is right there. Uh, oh, right at the Top bottom. billing. Uh, this says you're on in, in two minutes. <laughs> yes, we are. Uh, are you ready to perform? Of course More we are. Didn't. I, I haven't heard of you at all. Um, <laughs> you wouldn't. Uh, well, um, my name is Daniel. I'm your uh, sound check. We'll get you up on stage. You're on stage three right over here. And mm. do you need anything? Any instruments? Um, we have most of the instruments. I do need, um, or do we need some drums, I suppose? Uh, there, are drums, there, there are some drums on stage Fantastic. if you need those. Pyrotechnics. Uh, pyrotechnics? Yes, we need to make sure the audience is illuminated um, with, some po- with some fire, maybe. I'll some... talk to my stagehand. Perfect. And uh, I need a drink. Oh, yes. He must perform... Um, Lubricated. Li- <laughs> it's a uh, thing. You didn't bring one with you? No. Um, uh, I'll I'll see what I can do. Um, two minutes is not a long time. Two drinks is fine. That's fine. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> Daniel is clearly 
uh, clearly doesn't have time to <laughs> to deal with Grillo. Uh, ushers you all onto stage um, and says, "You have all of your you're ready to perform, right?" I've never yes. heard of you. I hope that ah, it's good. We were ready. born ready. Um, the way that this music festival is put together is that there are a whole bunch of stages that are all in. Uh, basically laid out in the streets and this particular part of town has really wide streets it actually has these big courtyards that kind of break up uh, uh, huge portions of the town but the stages are all set up so that they are sort of competing with each other on sound which means that the whole the whole festival is really loud (laughs) Um, but when you get close enough to one stage they have uh, some magical devices that are basically set up to amplify your sound Mm. so that it, it will uh come out of the of the stage and the people who are closest to the stage will hear you pretty well they, they will definitely hear you over over the other stages that oh, may be nice. that may be nearby we should so, have that technology in real life <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> uh so the the stage that you're on the way that it because of the way that it's set up basically the stages that are the most popular have the most people around them because they're trying to get as close to the stage as possible mm. so they can really hear the music that you're playing. Which means that as you're setting up, there's there's no one playing music at that stage, so there's no one around your mm. your particular stage. So you're setting up all of your stuff. Daniel eventually comes back with a couple of uh, uh, basically a, a beer and a shot uh, <laughs> for for Grolo oh. uh, and set, sets them sets them on the on the stage. And uh, Daniel's talking to a couple of other people and and says, uh, "Do you need anything else for your performance? Anything I should." let them know about the uh, one of my stagehands says they have some minor pyrotechnics they can set up for you about halfway through the song i might need a new violin i, I cannot help you with that, <laughs> that is a... i'm supposed to use it later and i wanted to destroy this in a da- daniel rolls their eyes uh <laughs> do, and, do you make and says, any uh uh improvements or repairs to malls no okay are you using it as an instrument oh uh, no no this is just my personal mall uh, then no very well. <laughs> Daniel? Uh, is that your name? Yes. Do you are you an artist as well? Uh no. I I'm, thought I saw some of your art on a on on a display outside. Actually on the on the back of, of Daniel's clipboard sheets, uh you can see that Daniel has has um some artwork that, that has been done there. Oh. Um and Daniel like blushes uh and oh. says I uh just draw for myself. Oh. Well it's very good. Um, uh, Daniel Daniel kind of like hides a smirk and says, "Thank you, uh, but uh, but uh, they're here to hear your music, not see my art." Uh, <laughs> and and uh, sc- hurry hurries off in from in front of the stage and says, uh, "You're live in." And then motions with I grab with, a drum as he's his, doing that. I'm drinking hand. both almost at the <laughs> like, same time. I'm like, oh, oh. <laughs> I cast light on top of Grillo's head. Perfect. What the. Yeah. First, I want to know: Do you guys do so? Lights a great, a great like you, Grolo. You now have a spotlight. Yeah, coming except, down on top. So of you. I accidentally spilled like half of my beer on my uh, on, on the sweater that I had. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> um, your sweater is now soaked in, in soaked beer down in, the. And this is like a dark, thick, muddy beer. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, what? What are the the rest of you doing for for I'm your standing behind Grolo. Uh, getting ready to, rec- and I actually pull out the book and I'm starting to re- recite it. Um, 
is Thrain going to attempt to look like he's a performer on the stage, or is he going to like? I have a book. I have a, a drum. Like I'm just going to be hitting the drum, and I'm going to be but reading. Also, like reading. But I'm going to be hiding behind him, kind of. <laughs> is he like a bongo yeah. or something like that? Yeah, yeah. Perfect. And then shush. I'm assuming you're playing. Uh, and I've for- got. So are there mic? Microphones or you use no? It just amplifies. Um, it looks it looks like they have sort of a, a array of wands actually right. that are set up at the front of the stage that There's are pointed no at you, and the wands appear to be um, amplifying the the sound out from the okay. from the place where they're they're sort of set up. I've got my mall in one of my hands, and it's probably going to get a little dangerous on stage because I'm going to be swinging it around for effect. Okay. Perfect. And I'm peeking out into the crowd, kind of looking around while I'm, you know, doing this from the shadows sort of a thing. Awesome. Everybody roll me performance checks. And, of course, Nicholas is in the back in his, in his war, war outfit, outfit with outfit. a Ugh. poncho over top of it because he's still oh wearing God. the uniform. I got a four. Uh, Grolo, you can roll yours with advantage because okay. you've got the spotlight from, oh, okay. from Thrain. Oh, okay. Oh, it's not much better, but five. <laughs> Five. That's it. Well, our performance is not as important. <laughs> well, it's gonna be interesting. I got a twenty-one. Awesome. <laughs> okay, so you're actually. Well, um, you're, you're a great. And, and this is all you know. Your yeah. This is very appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. So. Nicholas did pretty well too. He's he's actually gotten pretty good at that tambourine he's, <laughs> that he's uh, clanging away. So my at. vocals are gonna be amazing <laughs> so first um adam what kind of song does this sound like you give me like a yeah. like a reference so point or I'm, something. the reference point would be something like a uh, system of a down or something like that where there's like a slow part where you can say the lyrics nice. and then we like do a really fast <laughs> part where it's like <laughs> and then we slow down and you say the lyrics again and then that's when Trink can like look out and see anybody and that's when like when we like hard the the screaming part that I'll, I'll participate. I'll, I'll, take, I'll take the lead on that since we yes. can talk about lyrics. Um, and that's when I want the pyrotechnics to go off so we can see the audience. So when I'm singing, it's oh, when he doesn't to have to like, read to him. Go off into the audience so you can see faces. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Cool. So while I'm like doing the, like, the, the chorus, as I'm putting mm-hmm. air quotes up for chorus while I'm just really screaming, um, that's when Thrain, because he's not enough to read and enough to look at the book, he can look out into the audience and see who's like, yeah, got that look on their face. Like, this right. is awesome. Grumsh is the best. Right. Cool. Uh, I'm gonna, and they might think that Moradin is an ironic name. <laughs> yeah, or a super hipster. Uh, I'm going to toss out, since they are not fully defined, um, the pyrotechnics can come out and also act as an audience blinder. It's a thing that um, you use in theater where the lights oh, yeah. shine directly in the audience face to, to prevent them from seeing stuff. They do it at the end Love of the it. full Monty. Because, um, you know, they're, oh, yeah, they're right, butts. Right, right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's why I wear sunglasses when I go to the full <laughs> Take that. I put sunglasses on my camera. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. so I so we're starting to go. So I go, Grolo, make up your own lyrics. Uh, okay, play, play, play some music. Uh, am I saying this in orcish? Whatever you want. Okay. When the leap. Pies are so burnt, it makes your heart sink with a girl. And it's fun, 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 leap pies. <laughs> and then um, I have some orcish here, so. So say, Anuk Arawan Damudam Dinkliklicks. Anuk Damudan Randam Dinkliks. 
uh, got, the fact got, that you didn't get it perfectly right <laughs> is so in character. <laughs> and that's when she's just going to go over there and go, oh, oh, duck, 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 duck. and you guys can see. <laughs> yeah. uh, Gariki Garugmal. Kariki Kalugmal. Kazak Kamash Duman. Kazak Kazak Kazimal. Kamash Duman. Kamash Duman. So I'm looking out in the audience. Cool. Everybody give me, um, I guess, perception checks. But Thrain, you can roll yours with advantage. Uh, because your, your focus here is really, really on trying to spot. Uh, 12. 9. 14. Okay. Um, Not great. Thrain, uh, Grillo, you're you're I'm you're focused on, uh, you're on <laughs> screaming and and trying Swinging to apparently s- <laughs> recite these lyrics. Um, and you guys are seeing there there is a uh, sort of a small crowd that's coming up that's that's becoming a part of the the performance that that you're doing and kind of getting into it a little bit. Some of them are are a little bit more artsy looking mm-hmm. uh maybe maybe they're appreciating the the sort of uh, odd um <laughs> uh counterpoints to uh musical culture <laughs> that you're presenting <laughs> within this and there's a few of them that are like kind of bobbing their heads along with the along with the music that you're that you're playing shush is is actually playing uh very really well. <laughs> like really really on tempo and really like keeping up a, a good musical track right uh so it it's and the genre really leans into grolo's kind of shouting and <laughs> <laughs> is he is he is uh shush getting a little bit of that rush that he wanted the i uh, mean it, but rather than be dancing they're just bobbing their heads but i'll take it right. they're, they're they're picking up on it a little bit right. as you start saying some of the lyrics you can see two things happen. The first is there's one or two people that are in the crowd uh, that sort of, their, their face scrunches up like they're, like, uh, they clearly are recognizing it and, and they're saying, like, where where do I know that from? Uh, and and they're, they're, they're sort of, um, they look confused okay. by, by the look. But you also notice at least uh, a dozen more people in nearby some of the other stages that are catching the edges of what you're saying. And those people all turn around, and as as they turn around, they they a sort dozen? of n- nudge other people, and you can see other people <gasps> that are that are also like tur- turning around and kind of looking at the stage in your direction. <laughs> and they all they all head over, and they start they start sort of rocking out with the music. You're okay. attracting like like a pretty a bigger crowd at this point. <laughs> and when you get to the places where you start doing the the ancient Orkish, um, the people who headed over who clearly sort of noticed it right away start kind of rocking out along with you oh, uh, in those in those moments. And they're they're like jumping up and down and they start dancing along along with the lyrics as you're as you're saying them. They're Whoa. clearly digging your your ancient Orkish lyrics. Can I teach them how to mosh? Uh, I want to do a mosh pet. Yeah. <laughs> So, so the que- the question I have for you is, Thrain, do you stop and change the lyrics at this point, or do you? Uh, I keep, guess as an experiment, going, yeah, I, I stop a for a second. I stop I for a, a bit. Let's let's let's. Uh, I want to I want to mosh pit, and then I want to thunder wave everybody who's in the mosh pit. <laughs> you're gonna do what? I'm gonna thunder wave. <laughs> you're gonna. Isn't it, you'd kill some of them. <laughs> They're evil. Oh, aren't they? If they know the lyrics of the sacrifice song. Well, we're There's, on the open one and two. Uh, we're I don't know if I don't know if we know that. Like like they like they could be people who went to a service where they were inadvertently hearing 
uh, chanting of, of Shush is having a real conflict right now because people like his music, yeah. but they're maybe potentially like sacrificial. Yeah, maybe that's your. Right. It's like wait, <laughs> yeah, I, I like I'm not. getting attention. Like I don't want them to die. So do I? I switch it up to uh, other stuff right now, right? Yeah, I just okay. say say whatever you want to. Leap eyes again. Okay. Um, when the blood runs in the morning. So I'm really looking at those two people. The, the two that were originally pies. in the audience. Yeah. Do they look sketchy they at all to me? me. Um, the really, even the part that really gets to Thrain is they're not even orcs. And they help um, the, one the of them, girls. one of them is a dwarf who, who is still wearing what looks to be like a baking apron. And one of them is a, a human and they don't look especially sketchy. They don't look like they are um, your classic kind of cult dwellers. Yeah. And the other people, what are they? They they look like they like the music. They they do, and some of them do look sketchy. Some of the other people who who come over, you do see a few faces that are that are like sketchier looking people, and a few orcs and and half orcs that are that are kind of within that crowd too. Oh, okay. Do they know the lyrics? Like, yeah, are they mouthing it. That's the thing that I was trying to figure out. Um, they just like it because we're such a good. Morden is so <laughs> awesome, or are they like, oh yeah, I know these lyrics? Uh, Do you, we need more time? Yeah, no, 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 no. Uh, I, I think that <laughs> no, no you, more singing. Yeah, no, no, no more singing. <laughs> you, you don't see them mouthing the lyrics. So I shouldn't jump in the audience and kill half. But you also <laughs> don't know. So th- these are like deep rituals, right? Right. Um, so this guy who was doing the ritual, even he was using. A ritual a, a guide. Book. So you don't yes. know whether or not they're not mouthing lyrics because they. Oh, and they're and they're and they're uh, hypnotizing people and stuff like that, like brainwashing people. So, um, okay, we have a lead on two people. So and well and so, but the leads are different. So I I I lock on to those two guys, and then I also lock on to the sketchiest looking orc. Okay, what if you tell me to say something like, you know. Down with more. Then we sacrifice, you know, something like that. Well, that's what this is saying, kind I mean, of. That's but, basically oh, what the old, okay, the ancient okay. orcish yeah. is. It's like describing. Well, like, so I go back to the lyrics and really watch the sketchy orc and the two guys. Yeah. And I, Malrun Malkarash. Malrun Malkarash. Morth Alhag Natak. Morth Alharatak. Betal Al Nathrakari. So I'm really looking at these guys yeah. now. Um, they're they're digging it. Uh, the, <laughs> they're the, just they're happy. Yeah, they're they're having a great time. They're like they're like uh, super super enjoying the the music, and you can tell um, at least at least the orcs in the crowd must know what the what the lyrics are saying, even if they aren't like true right. worshippers of Groom or whatever. Oh, right. Like right. it's it's That's in true. it's in a, a old orcish, but it's a orcish enough that. If they speak Orcish, they they would know right. what it's actually saying. So yeah. at, at this point, it's it's starting to become, and actually you're, you're attracting a bigger and bigger crowd. <laughs> oh, no. And so it's starting to become a little unclear who is coming over because it's yeah. it's rock and death metal music, <laughs> a, they a want to genre wrap up they've never song, heard before. The and then and then I I uh, I, I, go, I signal to Shush like to wrap up the song. Uh, how does how does the song come to an end? Uh, he's gonna thunder wave and destroy all the instruments on stage. And then I go. <laughs> but are you are you gonna hit the people? Or are you gonna? No, no, I know. I I think that's a, the wrong choice. But I am gonna hit all of the microphones. Okay. All those wa- microphone <laughs> ones, so that nobody else can perform on the stage. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then, then I go like have enough explosion that we can disappear before like all the light settles. Uh, sort of like okay. full Monty. Yeah, yeah. 
And, <laughs> and I say, and that's the way it grows. <laughs> Explosions. And then we disappear. Awesome. Uh, I'm not going to make you roll for any of that. That's spectacular. You, you, the explosion does indeed stro- destroy a huge portion of these stages. These stages are designed to last a few days. Uh, they're not permanent stages. So your explosion doesn't just like wreck all the like microphone wands that are, that are on the edge of the stage, which go flying out into the audience. Uh, but it also kicks up all of the dust and grime that has collected on the stage over the last two days of performances. Uh, and bursts it into the air, and then the entire stage basically is collapsing as you make your exit stage rear, I guess, uh, <laughs> on your way down, and the stage falls apart. And you can hear, even even as you're making your exit, the crowd goes wild. They <laughs> love it. <laughs> They're cheering like crazy. And, and clearly somebody must have gotten the, the band name, because now they're shouting, Mora did! Mora did! And they're all chanting it uh, in your in your absence as you as you one way or the other. One way or the other. I'm going to turn these minds to or by musical hook. (laughs) Um, It does present an interesting problem because as the four of you all get down off the stage and you start making your way back through the crowd, you're all wearing incredibly recognizable outfits. Yeah, let's grab Um, some ugly sweaters. And some of the people. Uh, some of the people uh, in the, in the crowd start recognizing you, and some of them start sort of grabbing at you um, and tugging at your at your um, uh, ponchos. And the people are maybe rowdier than you thought they would be. And they, as they start grabbing and tugging at your ponchos, they're tearing portions of your of your like little bits of your of your poncho. I try to I try to make my way over to the to at least one of those groups. Roll me uh, roll me a perception check. Uh, perception of 15. Um, you start making your way over, but the crowd is thick at this point. And, and I'm short. So. And, and you're short. Uh, you, you come over, you, you have you have the images of what they look like in your mind, but you don't, you know, this is a city of, of uh, hundreds of, of thousands of people. You don't know who they are. Yeah. So you just start start wading through the crowd, but you are unable to locate any any of the the three that you like really really took stock of. Okay. Um, and you're certain that some of these people in the crowd, especially some of the people who are kind of tugging at your like like try, trying to get a little piece of of uh, Moradin, uh, Moradin <laughs> the the sweet band Moradin. Some of them are almost definitely groomsh worshippers, but at this point you have no real way of being able to tell one from from another. Right. Especially knowing that apparently there's there's no there's no real symbols or there's no real thing that you can use to to quickly identify them. I try to make my way and I, I'm trying to signal to follow me to more of like an open area, maybe like f- as far away from the stage as possible, but near the crowd, sort of making our way through the crowd. And I'm really looking for any sketchy individuals. Are so. you trying to get away from the? I'm from trying to get out. So I'm trying to get out. Or are you trying to bring them with you? I'm trying both, but I'm trying to thin the crowd out a little bit, um, so I can like, like Beatles style. Yeah, trying to get a little bit more control over the situation. And Shusha's signing autographs. Um, shush, uh, roll, roll me a, a, a dexterity saving throw. Uh, that is 15. Um, shush, you're, you're signing autographs, and these fans are 
hard to deal with fans. Uh, they they loved your performance. They're um, and they're so, punk rocker people. They're, they're punk rockers. Um, they they are some of them are like asking for audio, autographs and being patient, and some of them are are definitely not waiting for that. And you're getting pushed and pulled and Yikes. and tugged about, and it it is starting to make I you see uncomfortable. This. Now I'm going to teach them how to mush. <laughs> I see this and I like stop and I turn around and I, and I start trying to like you know hold them back to protect shush um it, get it, back it definitely they they see you being as as much a, a member of moradin as as anyone else <laughs> they do the same thing to you but with you protecting shush you're, you're able to, to sort of um uh cover them a little bit the same thing is happening to you thrain uh they're they're tugging and and uh, uh following you along yeah. but some of them are dropping off as you're trying to like make your way out of the out of the crowd there are definitely some people who are are falling back uh or who are dropping off out of it um probably going to see to see other concerts and stuff like that so you are uh you are thinning out the people who are so are now i really start looking at any faces to see like if i can sense any facial expressions that look like they're not just fans but they're have a concerned look you know what i mean um you're not you're not picking up much of anything oh. um the the reality is is like at this point it's it's, it's a, a huge sea, crowd yeah. of people it's a sea of faces and it's it's difficult for you to to pick out just who uh, who who might be worshippers of okay. of Grooms and who might be just fans of the music? That uh, Pentel really came through with getting us on stage, huh? Yeah, absolutely. Whiskers must have known to pull a few strings. Ah, um, uh, Shush, man, amazing. Oh yeah, you shush. are. I, I kind of clap him a little too hard on the back. You're you're an amazing <laughs> musician. I had no idea how proficient you were. Thank you. It means a lot, actually. Really good. It was the second best thing about our performance, for sure. Um, Thanks, Grillo. <laughs> I appreciate your honesty. Uh, what was the first? The was the first best thing. My my tambourine. I was, that was very good of, too. I was doing a lot of good. Uh, I was I was really hammering it away. You were very good. Yeah, that, I'm sure you were good. <laughs> you, you couldn't you couldn't hear me. Well, in all honesty, I. When I sing, I I get really into my performance. Um, at this point, you guys have managed to make it out of the crowd enough to be to to have most of the people have all the people kind of uh, fall back. You're you're able to to sneak your way away from from some of it. And three, and you're still you're still really searching for yeah. for faces. Because you know, for, someone for in the back could have like signaled someone like get the get the guys because these guys need to be questioned. You know, and so I'm really like, is anyone like looking at us or you know? Um, Thrain, uh, given the, the sort of circumstances of everything, I want you to roll me a insight check and use advantage for this. Um, I think a nine, if I'm not mistaken. Or no, sorry, 13. Uh, okay. Thrain, you, you gather a couple of things from the experience. Um, the first is that you, you figure out that the... This has been a long time. Uh, I think what we said before was eight years. Yeah. It's been eight right. years of infiltrating um, this this church into this city. But it's also been um, very strongly supported by a lot of people. So this isn't too dissimilar from something like Scientology. The chances are really good. Previously, you thought this was this was an underground movement. This was something that that people had. Uh, done, and there was a small group of people that were doing this. Now you're getting a sense for this may be more infused into this city 
than you ever ever imagined was was possible. So it's and, like familiar, wonderful, happy words that they've heard in sermons and stuff. Um, or they're part of an inner circle and and are helping to perform sacrifices on people. Oh, more and they people. are happy about it, right? <laughs> but either way, um, you you now know that there's it's not you know a small group of orcs that are that are taking place in right because the, the sacrifice ceremony there how many there was like the main orc guy and then another guy who was sort of sneaky but then there were like a bunch of other acolytes right right and not all of them were orcs um and not all of them were uh but they were clearly enough worshipers of grooms and weak like regular common folk right like i imagine if we were you know in in real life singing uh lyrics from mein Kampf or something trying to find like you know, white nationalists or Nazi supporters. Well, they would recognize the lyrics, maybe, and they'd be like, yeah! But it wouldn't necessarily mean that, you know, we wouldn't know, are they the ones doing the killings? They just happen to be supporters? Like, what's the, you know, because it's, like, so familiar to them. They're just, like, in that world. Well, maybe a more apt analogy in that direction would be to read, you know, some veiled white nationalist language in a particular sort of crowd, in a particular yeah. sort of town, right? Like um, the wall and immigrants and rapists, you know, and and it'll be and a lot of people be like, yeah, absolutely, yeah, right, right, you know. Right. And it'd be hard to tell um, if they were like actual yeah. like uh, Nazis right. or they were just indoctrinated after ten years of propaganda. The other worthwhile thing to keep in mind is if you were followers of Grumsch and you got up on stage and decided that you were gonna perform a bunch of actual lyrics from the from the things of Grumsch, you imagine that they would be on board with that. That that would be like right. a fun thing for them to to appreciate is is um, you're taking the the stuff that they've been clearly deeply indoctrinated to yeah. and getting it out. Uh, and I got them all as he yelled more in at the end. Right. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's totally true. Uh, and you have no uh, you have no idea whether or not they're they're yelling it. Um, in support of the real Moradin, or probably more likely in support of your rock group. But I'm just hoping is, that Moradin, my God, right noticed something and <laughs> is genius enough to know what is what happened what's and really what's going, going to happen. You know? Totally. Um, but it, it does give you that, that extra information. Um, yeah, I guess that you, is good information. You know, you know that even though you didn't necessarily find the, the sort of traitor, traitors to, to the city that you thought you were going to find, uh, it does give you... This is this is a big problem. Yeah. Uh, this city's in, in a bad place for for a lot of this, and whatever is going to happen in two weeks um, is going to be a problem internally in the city, even if uh, even oh, if okay. nothing else uh, um, right has plays a role in that. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. I just realized, and Shush just realized this after uh, Thrain and him are awkwardly sitting back at Pentel's house, like twiddling our thumbs while uh, Grolo while Grolo is making pies. Um, <laughs> That like we probably need to get Cruddy out of the city. We probably need to get Cruddy and Pentel out of the city because They're their names the were on a list. But and I have the list now, and they're alive. Have a list. But we don't know if they're There's other good lists. list makers. Keep make multiple lists. <laughs> I think they have backups. So, yeah. yeah, right. So if there is like, well, I mean, if, they if somebody were goes, on the list. everybody's dead. Yeah, they were on the list. Yeah. So just because we saved them doesn't mean that they're saved. Right. You know? right That's right. what I mean. And also, like, if there's another list, yeah. and then Cruddy's on that list also, and then they're like, "Oh, right. here's a big pile of dead people right, who were right, supposed right. to do that," then they're gonna go, "Hey, Cruddy, 
Wait, where were you last night? Right, right. And then they're they're gonna torture True. her and kill her. And especially, we just saw that they're all around. <laughs> yes. So I think I think uh, um, is gonna tell Thrain that like while we're sitting in Pentel's living yeah. room with the cat. Yeah, you're right. P- Pentel Pentel's uh, place is exactly how you would imagine it. Um, it's very old, dusty furniture that's covered in cat hair. <laughs> and Pentel has offered you tea that is not very good. Um, uh, and you keep having to pick pieces of cat hair out of your tea as you're trying to sip at it. Um, and Pentel has started to, uh, for, for lack of better entertainment, has started to read you entries from his diary. Um, by the way, um, you guys caught Daniel's face as you were leaving the, the stage. Oh, right. And Daniel was just white as a sheet staring at the stage that you had collapsed um, with, with um, uh, their hands like in their hair, um, just devastated by the, the destruction that you left. And doesn't he at this point see that there's no actual Morden written on the... Uh, da- da- Daniel, if, if Daniel goes back through their, through their right. uh, chart, yeah, they see... Because he there's, wasn't... There's it, no Morden. You, you like illusioned that in yeah. very temporarily. Um, so Daniel has no idea who you are. Right. Or uh, you didn't pay your deposit. There's, there's no, uh, yeah. There's, there's no recourse that Daniel has to really find you. Uh, perfect. Okay. You're back at the. You're back at the um, at Pentel's house. Uh, Sipping kitty tea. So is is the the plan then? Is the next the next piece that you guys want to do? Is it to Try to take Cruddy and, and Pentel out from the from the. Uh, well, the first thing I want to do. City. So this is the morning. Yeah, we can assume uh, unless you want to do something that night. You no. can assume. Do we rest? Do we heal? Make, make it to morning. Do you stay with Pentel? Yeah. Uh, he has a, like a guest room. It's a single guest room, so it's it's the three of you better than this, sleeping on the little, road. Little guest room that he uh, puts you up in. He actually is really reluctant to put you up in his guest room. He's clearly <laughs> uncomfortable with it. You're not even really sure why he has a guest room because he doesn't seem like the kind of guy that would have a lot of guests. Uh, but he does um, because you saved his life and he feels obligated to, to do so. But you stay the night in his in his guest room and uh, it comes around to morning. Do, uh, do we heal some? You do. You're all fully healed. Okay. You have all your spell slots back, all of your, all of your abilities back. Okay. <laughs> Grillo, maybe I should make you make a constitution saving throw. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, you're fine. That's what the 21 was for. You feel oh, very well rested. Like a little <laughs> you could also make it like a reflex save. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so in the morning, I prepare augury, which is a spell asking my god about different things. And so I have to spend 25 gold on various different marked sticks and whatnot. And it takes me uh, – so I say – so it's – I lay down all the sticks and the dragon bones and the ornate cards and other kinds of tools on the the floor of of Montel Williams' uh, living room floor. (laughs) And I I ask Moradin – to give guidance, augury, of our plan to head out to the marshes to investigate further the cultists of Grumsh. And so the, the DM chooses from the following possible omens, 
Wheel, which is good results. Woe, which is bad results. Wheel and woe, which is both good and bad results. Or nothing for results that aren't especially good or bad. Um, so I, I'm, I'm asking Moradin for guidance about my party and us and the fate of this town and everything. And, you know, we're about to head out of town. And uh, is this a bad idea? Is it a good idea? Is it both bad and good? Please, Moradin, give me guidance. So uh, Moradin gives you... Um, oh, man, what's the best way to do this? Okay. Moradin, uh, you see um, both wheel and woe, oh. uh, which which tells you only that it is both good and bad. Um, and then as you're, as you're um, watching the spell um, execute and you're watching the, the wheel and the woe appear, your vision starts to blur. Um, and the the it feels like the room shakes and shoosh you and Nicholas watch as Thrain passes out oh. um, in the middle of casting his spell as he's as he's performing this this sort of ritualistic spell um, and you watch as he he's performing it and then all of a sudden he just he just collapses to the ground um, and Thrain while you are looking at the wheel and the woe they are almost like burned into your into your image. Uh, you can feel yourself pass out, but you also see the wheel and the woe still in front of you, and you can see um, them uh, shift um, so that each one is uh, split in half, and there are two sort of halves of wheel and halves of woe, um, almost like they are um, uh, one one sort of completes into the other one, uh, like a. Um, uh, Ouroboros is that the yep, the, the snake snake, snake kind of eating itself? Yeah. Um, it's it's almost like the the wheel and the woe are, are deeply connected to e- to each other, um, and you see as your vision um, sort of flies through the the world itself. You can see you almost feel your body, your spirit leave your body, and you are taken across the lands, and you can see underneath you the uh, the marshlands. Um, you can see the the marshes themselves um, in their incredibly confusing nature. They're hard to navigate. Uh, they're very, very difficult, and it would be an, a spectacularly good place for somebody to hide if they wanted to do so. Uh, and as you, you see the marshes, you can see what appears to be left of um, footprints uh, and torn clothing and broken branches, um, the, the things showing you that something was left here, and torn on, uh, on one of the branches is the symbol of Grumsh, is the eye of Grumsh, the modified one that you've seen, uh, the one that... that um, the unity. The unity. Um, is like a, a piece of cloth that's torn and, and stuck on a branch. And you can see the destruction that has happened to this swampland uh, with many footprints and many, many broken branches as the, the symbol sort of sits there. Um, and um, you watch as one of the wheels uh, um, superimposes on top of it and then fades away. And then all of a sudden your vision blurs again and you are being taken off far away. Uh, and in this place far away, you're taken far north. Actually, you're taken to a, a, an area north that you're not familiar with. Um, it appears to be uh, off into the mountains to the north, and you're brought deep down into a cave. And you're traveling like through walls. You, you're not really given a path. You're given you're given like this this sense of like suddenly you're in a cave, and then you're th- in a wall again, and then suddenly you're in a cave, and you're in a wall again, until eventually you wind up in what appears to be an old temple. 
And in this old temple, rather than the sense of dread that you had while you were in the marshes, you feel something pulling you. You feel a sense of calm and relief. And you can see that sitting in this old temple that clearly has been abandoned a long, long time ago, but you can see writing from from ancient dwarfs. Uh, you can see the writing that that extends back past all these areas that has been rubbed over the just the the rubbings of time, and you can see that behind you the entrance to the temple is completely caved in. But sitting in the middle of the temple on a on a pedestal um, covered in dust and dirt, you can see a hammer, and the uh. hammer sits there, and you can feel in that moment um, the other the other wheel comes down. Um, and it, you sort, sort of once again see it superimposed over the hammer, and then it, it fades away, um, and then uh, you snap back. And Nicholas is taking a jug of water, and he's <laughs> throwing it on top of your face as you, as you get, get snapped back. And he's shaking you because he doesn't really know how to do anything else. Uh-huh. Um, and he goes, are you okay? Oh, my gosh, you just, like, passed out there. <laughs> I'm okay. I'm okay. Thank you. And I'm, you know, wiping all the face out of, or the water out of my beard. Uh, many things, many things that the god of Moradin show me. Our path is clear. To the marshes we go. Uh-huh. I wish I was here to say something. <laughs> <laughs> Let's make sure we get Grolo first. Yes. I think, I think he's he's important for this. Um, that might actually be the best place to end it. Yeah. Uh, we'll have to we'll have to resolve Cruddy and and um, uh, Pentel uh, <laughs> the next time when when we come back. But it's, for it's now, occurring to you're me that to the you marshes. guys are probably going to have to come extra early. So I'm not. You know, because like we probably want to leave in the before everyone starts waking up, before the fans show up. Yeah, just before the city wakes up. Yeah, we have to we have to get out of here before uh, before Cruddy gets nabbed again. uh, (laughs) Cruddy and Pentel both get reclaimed by the cultists. I am kind of imagining that you left the doors closed to the. Yeah, church. Did you do anything with the bodies? You know, we didn't say we did. I, I later I thought we probably should have. Yeah, that seems. We did it. <laughs> we're just like, all right, we're gonna go get some leaf pies and make some, <laughs> make some music. But on the, on the the true in true adventurer style, you're like, well, we killed these people. <laughs> I mean, just leave them there. The bodies will blink a couple of times and disappear. Yeah. yeah. I mean, on the other hand, I was thinking like, what could we have done? Like right. carried out. Well, we like, would have been very conspicuous. Yeah. yeah. And, and we couldn't hide them nearby because they would have been discovered. And uh, and it wouldn't take long for them to figure out right. something went wrong. You You're going to find someone's going to find them. That's why we got to get yeah. out of here. So it's like, well, just leave it. <laughs> it's also worthwhile to point out that you guys took the evidence showing that they are like deep cult members doing bad stuff yeah you took it with you yeah um so anybody anybody who would discover the bodies that isn't a member of like the the deep (laughs) deep bad stuff cult stuff would not find it and then think it was suspicious they would just find like but they were they would just find members of the church who apparently had been slaughtered in their in their right. church uh, late Where's at the night. Where's the victims that you claim? It's like, no, we saved them. Oh, really? Yeah. Where are they? I mean, hid them. Oh, <laughs> oh. They're in. They're in protection. Yikes! Right. Yeah. <laughs> We're screwed. Yeah. <laughs> Martin. We, we, could, we could go back and we could put like you know, we could hide some evidence on their bodies. Or we could just like. Be like, this is outrageous. Whoever killed them must be punished. We're Moradin. We are going to. We will rock a benefit concert so we can for, for <laughs> just our, play both sides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, admittedly, for our boys in blue. All of you are 
already designated it as dead by the city. That's true. Oh, yeah. So at the very least, you won't be uh, suspects. <laughs> nice. So I have to say that role play between Grolo and Cruddy was was amazing. <laughs> like like it started out, you know, jovial, funny, and comical, and then it, you know, and then it actually got real it there. Got real, like the real world. Yeah, like um, uh, you know, with the new god and the, her mom, and, right? And I gotta say, I, I was actually anxious orc, for real. Orc, orc pride <laughs> and right. I mean, I was so I was trying to role play, of course. Him being awkward, but it was anxious because this cruddy lady is hard to figure out. And so I'm like, and I wanted the scene to work out, but I'm like, I don't know how this is going to work out. <laughs> <laughs> but it was great. And then it was it was good to have the support of Shush, <laughs> the Roxanne support. I was, I was wondering how many times we'd have to make like bird noises in the background. Yeah. <laughs> Cuckoo! <laughs> like, have Fucking a, cool! How many, how many, like, how many, I'll keep the repertoire of bird noises between Kirk and I actually is. <laughs> okay, I really want someone out there who can draw to draw some picture of Grolo and Cruddy. I just, like, maybe w- when, as Cruddy is falling into Grolo's arms, right. I just have to see that. I want I want a picture of a window that shows like the outside of a window with um, with Cruddy and Shush I'm sorry Cruddy and Grolo like staring at each other over a deliciously pie with like maybe a little bit of ro- subtle romance emerging between them and then underneath yeah. the windowsill is um, the two of us making bird noises yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like trying to hide under the windowsill right <laughs> so that's the way I pictured that. Um, well, normally we do a, a little bit of a checkout. We'll do maybe a, a real quick one where we do a spotlight for for other people. It sounds yeah. like we already we already kind of gave up a few of those, but um, I think it would be great to have that. Yeah. Uh, who wants to lead us in a spotlight for someone else? Well, I just did mine, right? Yeah, yeah I guess sure. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was gonna say um, so. Character wise, I was very happy that Shush got his chance to really shine mm-hmm. in a stage. And actually, even though we were all doing the little subterfuge. He really played his heart out, and apparently he played really well. So, yeah. you know, great job, Shush. Um, I I also give uh, props to the uh, game master here, the dungeon master, because the yeah the the cruddy scene was very very intense. Well, yeah, <laughs> awesome. I mean, I thought it was gonna have some element like that, but it went so much deeper, you right. know, and had so much more story element to it. Well, and it, actually, it, yeah, and, and if if someone made a movie, that's how they would write the screenplay, right? It's like, right. well. Not only is this going to be some character development and relationship development, but also let's add some broader like story here. Let's move the plot forward, you know? Right. Absolutely. And and like so in my mind, it all of a sudden like I saw this whole other arc for for Grolo, right? Because for, you know he literally didn't know about this other god, and so he kind of wanders, not really having a god. He might sort of might in the right circumstances. Oh, Morden seems pretty cool, but he's not really. A Morden follower, and so he doesn't really have a faith. And all of a sudden, he's like, "Oh, well, that sounds pretty interesting." Uh, and 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 the other part is he'd always hated his dad, uh, and he thought, "Well, a lot of the reason I hate him is because he's an orc, so he probably hates that half of his that's orcish." And here's this person giving him, like, she could have been like, "Oh, you hate orcs? My mom was an orc. I hate you. Get out." Instead, she was like, 
it's funny you should say that, right? And then she gives him this other perspective about, about orcs. So that's a whole other growth arc there. Yeah. And then there's the part of like learning how to read and write that he's probably going to want to take up, you know, uh, not to mention cooking. So it's, it's really actually wonderful. It's, it's a wonderful <laughs> he's becoming domestic. Yeah, yeah. Domestic uh, Grolo. Renaissance. Yeah, Renaissance. Yeah, so, in, so maybe another picture with Grolo in an apron <laughs> in front of the thing using his maul to beat a dead goat. With, with beer all over his sweater. <laughs> yeah, and torn up. Yeah, and torn up. Yes. That's yeah. fantastic. <laughs> uh, my spotlight goes to Umberto for uh, role playing that scene, uh, and like wa- watching the the role play there. Not not just on Grolo for the journey, but for you for playing that journey mm-hmm. that Grolo is going on. Thanks, man. Yeah, I mean, you know, you're a funny guy. You like to joke around, but uh, you know, well, how am I funny? You, 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 uh, oh, you call it funny? Laugh? You got into. I mean, have you ever had a role playing D anD D moment like that before, where it gets into more complicated feelings like that? Not really, because I mean, I was so young when I did, you know, role play a bit, and like, I think it, it was never that deep, you know. Right. Yeah. Because <laughs> like, like you said, like this one, it was a funny th- scene, but then it actually got a little uh, tender, if you will. So yeah, it, it's kind of neat. <laughs> and you know, dare I say kind of relevant to your own personal life in terms of like pride and connection with right. family that totally has issues and yeah absolutely not knowing how to cook yeah, <laughs> yeah totally, totally and turning to humor when you're uncomfortable absolutely well i mean literally and uh i actually the way i am in a kitchen tends to be the way that girl was <laughs> i'd be like um, a mall. Do I take the meat out? <laughs> yeah. No, it's true. It's, definitely, as you always say, the, uh, the the person puts a little bit of themselves into the, uh, into the character. Whether you like it or not. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, it was amazing to watch. It was really, really special to watch. I mean, that that's the kind of magic that I hope listeners out there can pick up on that you can't experience in any other kind of game. This is not a video game. You could never have that in a video game. There's... <laughs> you, and I don't think in a hundred years you'll be able to have that kind of experience in a video game. Well, it's, except Leisure Suit Larry, of course. Of course, <laughs> it's it's just too complicated. A very similar experience. To be- because Suit. because well, correct me if I'm wrong, Adam. As you were DMing that scene, you're improving. You don't really know exactly what's going to happen. You might you have a couple beats that you're thinking. Well, maybe we'll head we'll go in this direction, but you have no idea what what Birdo's going to do with Grolo. You have no idea what what it's going to feel like because it wasn't it didn't feel shoehorned in if you know it was a tra- it was a transition into it you know yeah and so you know there's it's it's created in the moment it's something that just bubbles out of the air in an improv situation when I and I was trying to do a thing where like I I knew I still needed to bumble my way through because there's no way all of a sudden Grolo becomes suave right like there's but at the same time I needed to not bumble too far like it's like. Okay, how do I like stop? And and it helped to have the 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 foil or the plot device of, okay, well I have some signal of when I'm going too far because this little friend of mine is cuckooing or whatever, right? right. <laughs> so that's that's funny. I mean, ultimately, um, the I I actually was entirely unsure when I prepped for today's game whether or not you were going to pursue anything right, with, right. with Cruddy or whether or not Cruddy was going to um, just just leave and, mm-hmm. and say, like, thanks so much for saving me and, and be gone. Um, right. So it was all in – it was in response to the stuff that you 
you did that we were like, okay, I guess we're heading towards this scene. Let's let's figure out what this scene looks like. And actually, the same thing is true for um, the concert. Um, I, I had planned previously that you guys might want to do the concert since you had gotten the the outfits, but that was in the last session. Right. Um, I actually had no idea you would want to try to do the the concert with the yeah. with the lyrics. Well, we nearly abandoned so. that. Yeah. The, but know. such a great idea. Well, when you suggested <laughs> I was like, well, we should come back to that. It's a great idea. Let's see let's see how well, that goes. I think out. it was mainly Shush's idea, but it, it I was because it, and, and as soon as I was like, oh yeah, this is this is going to be interesting. But also I want to comment on your DMing in that scenario too in that I as a player was legitimately confused as to what I was seeing. You know what I mean? Like I was like really trying to figure out like, cause you were describing that in a very accurate way, but I was like unclear what it meant. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that was exactly what my character would have felt. Yep. You know, it wasn't like you were, you were saying, well, so your character's kind of confused because you know, you, you played it out. And so I was over here like, I want to know more, you know. So I, I kept experimenting to like figure out like, how do I get to the bottom of like what right. am I seeing, you know? Well, and, right? and what, what would happen in most video games is you are supposed to play this show, and you are supposed to see the the one or two people that actually end up grimacing just enough, and then you're supposed to give chase. They're going to put Here, a little like, point above their head, right? 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 They yeah. wouldn't give you the option of doing that scenario if it didn't have some definitive payoff. In, in most games, that's absolutely true. so. In this case. We may not have done the concert, and we did the concert, and it may have yielded, and it didn't, and it's it's yeah, great. It kind of <laughs> yielded, but not what we not, yeah, exactly. thought it was going to yield. One know? of the, well, I mean, one of the great things that I love about um, games like Dungeons and Dragons is that you a lot of the game is uncovering mystery. Um, and one of my favorite things to do as a game master is I want to give you breadcrumbs enough for you to uncover the pieces of of what's going on so in my ideal scenario and sometimes this doesn't work out and sometimes it uh, sometimes it does but in my ideal scenario i want to give you enough of the outlying pieces for you to put the whole thing together yourself Mm -hmm. um and in the in the in the pieces of of the game every time you do something that that has the opportunity to discover another another piece i want to give you another piece of that puzzle um, but it doesn't always have to be the piece that you were shooting for. Mm. Sometimes you discover a piece to the puzzle that was in a different direction or that was in a different different way. And that's really the secret to mystery is that you um, you go and you talk to the to the butcher um, because you think he's he's the one who's who committed the murder and it turns out the butcher wasn't the one who committed the murder but his assistant did uh, yeah. and so you're you're discovering more and more right. um, as you as you go along that gives you extra information even when you don't discover the thing you think you were going to discover like a good scooby-doo episode. like a good scooby-doo <laughs> turns out it was old man mcgillicuddy the whole time <laughs> if it wasn't for those pesky kids <laughs> Grillo, you're obviously shaggy, or <laughs> no? I'm. Sc- I think you're Scooby Doo. Actually, okay. <laughs> as as Nicholas would be sh- <laughs> Yeah, Nicholas would make a good shaggy. Actually, yeah. Um, I, I just heard a mass. Is like Fred. <laughs> oh no, you're Velma. <laughs> yeah, because oh, yeah. I'm short. Right, you're totally. Right. Velma. I'm stout. Yeah. Right. I don't know if we like have and actually like stuff out. Yeah, we don't we need a Fred. We need a Fred, right. I don't I don't think Fred ever served actually a very important That's why we should the... we should get the cat guy to come with us. He <laughs> could be Fred. Fred. Yeah. Shush is a good uh the other gal. Velma. No 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 Vel- Daphne. Daphne, yes. 
Yeah, that's, that's pretty true. I just look good. You yeah. look good. That's a, yeah. Style. And then we need a friend. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks out there for joining us out there for I'll being be out there, there on our <laughs> seventh Dungeons and Dragons therapy session episode out there. Out there. Please take care of yourself because you deserve it out there. <laughs> How would you say that in um, Orkish? Oh. Rag Allah. Rag Allah. Torak Ul. Torak Ul. Zuwar Nai. Sunai. So what I just said there was calm down, oh. giant spider, sacred hunters, and come here. Basically the same thing as you deserve it. Yeah. <laughs>